0: Making a video. Making a video. Six. Six. Five. Five.
1: Welcome to another edition of Rankin Review. This episode of Rankin Review, we have Human Nature versus Mother Nature. Returning guest Colin Semenoff helps your host and round new Canadian Larry Parsons break down six disaster films. Six films in which we learn something about uh, the wrath of Mother Nature. As usual, you can expect spoilers for the six films being discussed, and you can expect coarse language, especially from me. Thank you so much for listening to Ranking Review. If you have feedback, I would welcome it. You can send it to rankingreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Please check out the website at rankingreview.ca and please telephone about the podcast. And now, let's get into it. All right, we're rolling, finally. All right. Uh, Colin Simonoff, round two. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about sort of man versus nature, or humanity versus nature. Let's not be all all about the man. Uh, (laughs) uh, I find them kind of leveling films in that I think it's very easy to imagine yourself in scenarios that are going to be depicted in all of these. Mm -hmm. Wrong place, wrong time. You could be struck by lightning enjoying that beach resort a wave can come in but for and really how long yeah a wave can come and fuck that up for you in saskatchewan we do encounter severe storms and tornadoes on occasion so and the terrifying thing about the weather for mother nature is that at the end of the day you can be prepared but there's really nothing you can do about it it's a force It's way bigger than we are.
0: That's the thing I love about disaster movies is it's a what would you do type situation where when they're done well, you can find some empathy for the people who, whether you were on your day caught at a supermarket or at a resort or you're in a foreign country on holiday, what would you do in that situation? And when when it's done right, you kind of... You, you, you root for the characters, you know, and I've always just loved a good disaster yeah. movie for that reason.
1: Well, and that's, because you know, it always goes back to zombie movies, I think that's part of the thing that I've always liked about the zombie movies, okay. I think of them as disaster movies. They follow, and the good ones, anyway, will just follow the same principle about once people get backed into this survival corner, sort of the best and worst qualities of them tend to sort of shine through. Yeah. Uh, and we'll definitely run into this uh, in these movies to varying degrees of success. But you seem genuinely excited about it, and you know your you know your vintage classic.
0: Uh... I do. I, yeah. I grew up like my favorite ones growing up uh, was you would be on like one of the t- you know CBC or CTV or something way back in the in the eighties or nineties, and like at midnight or something. If I stayed up late enough, they'd have like the Poseidon Adventure or right. the Towering Inferno or Earthquake or any of those even like the Birds. Any of that stuff where something weird was happening, and I would watch those like crazy, and I, I would just. That was my that was my my moment growing up was all these disaster movies and my whole family were all disaster movie buffs too. So yeah. I think it's a Saskatchewan thing, you know. Uh, for me, anyway, you you grow up on the prairies and you see the tornado clouds or something like that. What would you do? Yeah. You know, uh, when we had the, the there was flooding in the early or late eighties or something like that, and it, it was up over the streets. And I was at my grandma's, and all these people were doing things like they weren't prepared for. It. It's like, oh, what would I do? You yeah. know, and it's always just kind of stuck with me. I love that stuff. Yeah. Every
1: now and then we'll get like a crazy, crazy storm, either a winter storm or a strangely tropical feeling storm in the middle of the prairies will hit. I remember running across a major intersection, this would be like 15 years ago, uh, in the middle of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, knee-deep water, running, and the rain was hitting me so hard I couldn't. Keep my breath. It felt like yeah. like it was trying to drown me, <laughs> and it was just insane. And what do you do about that? Yeah. What do you do if it starts raining and doesn't stop? There's no dragon to slay or or a puzzle to solve that's going to make this better. Or go
0: well, and it's a, how do you how do you beat you know Mother Nature or whatever like in a disaster film or something like that? There's a, the the adversary is going to beat yourself. Yeah, you know how you're going to handle this. The people around you who p- could potentially be freaking out or want to take a different uh you know fork in the road in their decision making but like mother nature i mean if it, whatever if, if it's a volcano a fire or whatever those types of things you, you got to be on your toes but you can't stop whatever it would be lava the direction of a tornado all these different things so it's it's kind of neat to see where uh where the real people are going to show their true colors you yes. know it, when the, when those things happen and so uh it's it's you really get to see the, the human drama behind it too so I think you know the the what do we call this the nature versus uh, humanity, humanity or something yeah, yeah it's, it's a good theme you know for yeah. that
1: I think another thing that especially revisiting some of these movies a lot of them I'd seen in the 90s and sort of I got them a lot of these in a package together and just sort of They'll be good to do for the podcast. So it genuinely had been a really long time since I sat down and watched Twister or Outbreak, right? (laughs) And, uh, like, it just... But I remember sort of seeing them as pieces of entertainment when when I originally watched them. And, you know, 20 years later, being a parent, all of a sudden it struck a whole other nerve to me about this stops being the fun adventure, again, because I have to bring it back to zombies, Colin. Uh, When I first was into zombies, the idea of locking myself in a mall and having that as my personal kingdom seemed like it would be awesome. (laughs) Whereas now, it's a a waking nightmare. Well, I
0: feel like, see... For me, I, I've always, I've loved disaster movies, but, and I've always been almost anti-superhero movie. Right. And for, and, and like, I always have trouble kind of explaining it to people be, uh, because there's a lot of similarities between disaster movies and superhero movies. There's a lot of, um, you know, special effects and destruction and things are, you know, the skyscrapers are falling apart or the, the park is getting blown to bits or whatever, but I find that... It's, it's a little too unbelievable for my own personal taste with the superhero stuff. And, yeah. and it, not, not that there's anything wrong with it. It just doesn't resonate with me and it's not my thing. But in a disaster movie, it's like you get to see all these cool special effects and everything go crazy. And that it's a little bit more believable when it's done well because the, the superhero then in that point becomes the everyday person right. you know the john or jane doe who gets caught in that situation they don't happen to have you know um uh, liquid metal powers or or anything like that but they have to think on their feet and kind of macgyver themselves out of these scenarios and i think that that for me is a little bit more um i can sink my teeth into that rather than oh what would i do if i had you know x-ray vision or something like that yeah. i just i find that it's it's uh it's a more enjoyable romp for me personally when you see the disaster stuff and when the special effects are good great i can even forgive a little bit of cheese if you give me some some good uh wow moments on screen too yeah
1: and there's different perspectives taken i do think that we're going to go through a fairly significant dry patch for these types of movies at least as entertainment we might see more movies closer to like say the impossible but not Mm -hmm. so much like twister uh there was a there is an appeal to watching things fall apart i do think that the spectacle is there but uh the world changed after nine eleven. right independence day it was great to watch you know new york get obliterated and watch the world explode and then the world you know watched on live television it happened yeah. for real and all of a sudden it became hard to take as entertainment and i'm going to try to approach these As the movie, I believe, was intending to be approached. So when I approach Twister, I will be giving it a different leash than I'm going to be when I'm approaching uh, Active God or or The Impossible. I think you have to, because it's
0: context of when they were made, right?
1: And even though they're on the same subject, they're trying to do different things.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. I think you have to kind of give them... A, a bit of like you have to understand the context of when they were made what was happening in order to appreciate them because when we get to the end i'm gonna have a few things to say about how i how i've ranked mine as well because they they, they mean different things to me you it's know? a
1: strange list to rank because it, yeah they're the same in theme but movie to movie very different yeah very, very much different. so very different. is there anything else you want to say on the theme or about podcasting or about your life <laughs> Anything you'd Like to, to push. Uh, congratulations on being a part of the Mini Fridge uh, Dinner Theater.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, um, I, uh, I it's been a really uh, fantastic time for me with them. Uh, we've uh, got a new season coming up uh, here in Saskatoon. Some uh, be doing some great shows for the for the community. So uh, if you're in the Saskatoon area, by all means, uh, join our Facebook group. Uh, check yeah. us out, Mini Fridge Theater. And uh, other than that, just hello world, and thanks for uh, for having you back at the podcast. It's, Absolutely, uh, it's been a while, so it's nice to kind of get into this type of thing. I'm you know.
1: looking forward to it, man. Cheers.
0: In a remote African jungle, a small monkey is captured, bound for a pet store
1: in America. The animal carries a deadly virus. <laughs> Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world is in our hands. We cannot, we dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. Your town is being quarantined. We got 19 dead. We got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If one of them's got it, then 10 of them have got it now. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, we have a very interesting problem. If that bug gets out of there, 260 million Americans will be dead or dying. I'm leaving with the team in an hour. From the heart of a small California town. Damn it, Sam, I want to save these people same as you. To
0: the inner circle of power in Washington.
1: The most optimistic projection for the spread of the virus is this. 24 hours. 36 hours 48 hours the greatest medical crisis of all time we can't stop it begins so we're going to start with the first of two wolfgang peterson films i don't know why i have to say wolfgang that way but i insist upon it i insist (laughs) it's a wolfgang um yeah, Outbreak. There's a time in the mid to late 90s where Dustin Hoffman seemed to be trying to reinvent himself as sort of a you know 55-year-old action star, the way that Liam Neeson managed to actually pull to off a, a, dec- yeah. a decade later. Uh, he did Sphere, and he did this movie, and then maybe there was another one that I'm missing. Oh, and uh, I think that of those attempts to make him into an action movie star, Outbreak is for sure the most successful of them. It, uh, air quote successful maybe yeah yeah, yeah yeah um i think that the movie is successfully thrilling because it taps into something that freaks me out mm-hmm. right the idea of you know a biological entity destroying the human race is not science fiction in fact it's of the more likely ways that if we were to be taken off the earth it's likely either a comet yeah. hits or a tiny microscopic bug hits that we can't do anything about.
0: And it's kind of the basis of some of your favorite movies, zombie movies. Yeah. There's something viral, something you can't protect if it's airborne or a person-to-person contact or touching. Someone coughs on you. How do you defend against that? Yeah. And madness ensues. You know? And
1: it's in those moments, especially within the first hour of the movie, where I think Outbreak really cooks quite well. Mm-hmm. I think that the later we get into the movie, the more we get into the archetypes, especially portrayed by the military personnel, most specifically by Donald Sutherland, the more familiar and the less sort of, the less I feel the weight of the circumstances. Considering the body count of this movie, I don't walk away devastated, right? I don't walk away thinking, oh my God, it's not Steven Soderbergh's outbreak, but I think in its heart, it maybe wanted to be that more than the popcorn movie it ended up being.
0: I feel like there are uh, a bunch of people in a room saying, Hey, we got this great idea. And at some point, some uh, Hollywood executive producer type said, no, 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 no. We need some chases and some action for this type of demographic. Don't get in too much into the science or the whatever. we got to give something for everybody. And I think where well, that's where all the helicopter chases and all these different things came from. I mean, and it's 1995 when this is made too. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of the what, what you would expect, you know. It's all in that kind of, you know, Schwarzenegger would have been doing all of those things. Everybody's going to have their, their action sequences for yeah. that. Uh, um uh, so I think it's kinda expected for a movie like this, but at the core of it, the, the fear of of oh my gosh, if I if I just you know got that needle prick in my glove or if that if that I I'm in my backyard and a monkey is approaching my kid, you can play off those fears pretty quick oh, yeah. in a film like that. And I think it does that.
1: Yeah. Um and just the progression of the events. We sort of see patient zero and this Patrick Dempsey character. <laughs> uh <laughs> McDreamy, McDreamy. Uh, I, I always knew him from a uh, uh, late 80s rom-com, Can't Buy Me Love, yeah, yeah, and a strange, obscure movie that I used to watch a lot when I was a kid called Run. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> it's just Patrick Dempsey being chased by mobsters. Oh. I think it was on, like, Super Channel, and was one of those movies that just, they played again and again and it again. It obviously left an impression. <laughs> and I was in that age bracket where I was just, I could, for some reason, I would just watch whatever was playing on Super Channel. Anyway, that's my little diatribe on Patrick Dempsey. But we see from him, like, he contracts it from the monkey, and we see him on the plane, and we see the people sitting next to him on the plane, and Mm -hmm. we see, you know, the stewardess. He hugs his girlfriend. Then the people in the hospital. And then the movie theater. And I love the rolling sort of build, the snowball build of it. um, But I'm not sure that the ending pulls off. The the cast really tries hard for Mm -hmm. us, though.
0: Well, I think... um... For me now, now just to hear you, you talk about it, what it makes me think of is like in 1995, right around that time, we weren't as globalized and 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 united, uh, you know, in our communications of a society as we were back then. This is like just dawn of the internet time, really. Right. Not that many people have cell phones or any of that sort of thing, too. So when you think about how a, a potential disease like this could be. Um, you know, spread through like through planes and movie theaters and how t- close people are, you know, and all that. We hadn't really, I hadn't thought of those types of things for a while. Uh, for, yeah, like, and, and when that hit, I I, mean, I was obviously younger uh, back then, probably in my, in my 20s when that came out and that made me think it's like oh wow like what if someone coughed on me you get a cold you know you can probably oh I got it from this person I gave it to my friend who gave it to my neighbor who gave it to my mom or whatever right yeah. but can you imagine that on such a wider scale you know um, and all because of some freaking monkey you know yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's it's very interesting you know
1: there's two sort of uh, exciting stories that were being followed here. And uh, we have to find this monkey because we get the sample, blood sample of the monkey, cure, right? It's still a little bit science fiction to that degree. Uh, and then we have to stop the evil military who mm-hmm. want to obliterate this town, in a, to partly to keep secrets and partly to stop the virus from spreading. I don't think they needed to vilify the <laughs> military to quite the degree that they did. I think that there was a really interesting moral argument to be made that if this is an unstoppable virus and we can eradicate it entirely with one explosion Mm -hmm. and thereby save the rest of the country if not the world
0: well and that's Kate not to interrupt here but Really, this movie was trying to save the United States. This monkey Agreed. came from, not the United States, no. from Africa. No, <laughs> But the entire movie is that humanity's fate yeah. is hinged on a monkey that, who knew, maybe there's a what's the monkey's backstory? Yeah. Where did it get the bug? Are there a whole bunch of poor people, Um, uh, un, or poor, I mean unfortunate, people in Africa who are walking around with this bug? We don't know. We don't care. It's only America because that's what's the isolated
1: pockets in the middle of the jungle. It's sort of the good, bad news about when these things really happen. If an entire village is eradicated by that bug, that bug is eradicated with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just takes one. The, the more dense your population, the bigger the problem becomes. I'm not defending the position. I'm just thinking it would be more interesting if instead of Donald Sublin seeming to have a boner to kill these people, right? Like, <laughs> he, he fucking wanted to see that explosion. And he would, yeah. like, it would have been, like, the, the height of his military career to blow up this small American town, right? Like, and I just I thought it was unnecessary. And I'm not usually sensitive to that shit. I can give a fuck if, like, military people are portrayed negatively. I do think the patriotism in it has a 10-year. There's actually a line where I think Dustin Hoffman says, if you pull that trigger, you'll be killing a piece of the American soul or spirit or something like that. Like, I, I actually said holy shit while I was watching the movie. <laughs> that's something that you maybe think but don't actually say it's very murky, you know maybe that's
0: why he gets to be a double hero then in this dustin hoffman you know he gets to save the people and he gets to save the integrity of the united states military from a deviant leader within its ranks you know yeah. it's
1: in the end, I think it starts real and it ends fake. Like Rene Russo, his love interest, gets this disease that, like we're told, melts your organs and slowly kills, cooks and kills you from but the But she's inside. so pretty
0: throughout the whole thing.
1: And he gives her an injection, and that unmelts her organs. Yeah, it's
0: the the science in it is is not even a thing. Uh,
1: Kevin Spacey's character, Kevin Spacey, may he rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the time, he was a pretty uh, up-and-coming hot property. Cuba Gooden Jr. was hot off mm-hmm. his Oscar. This was like a like crazy good cast. Was this just
0: after Jerry Maguire? This Guire was, or, a, I think, a no. year or
1: two past Jerry Maguire. Oh, okay. So, like, Cuba Gooden Jr. was was hot property at the time, too. It was an A-list cast. And I think, for the most part, everybody is is good. I think that they're selling it...
0: I think they are good, and I think in 1995 they were good. But re-watching this, there's this one scene where, where Cuba Gooding Jr. has to, like, uh, tranquilize the, the, the monkey or something like that. And yeah. it's drawn out to, like, comedic lengths in my mind. And I was watching just going, oh, my God. Like, And then he, like, trips over something or he shoots the wrong thing or something makes a noise and startles it. And it's like he's the most inept character now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he turned his character in retrospect watching it in 2018 it's almost like his character is now some of the comedy relief you know and then it kind of becomes this buddy flick uh, you know when they're flying the chopper and, yeah. and whatnot so, and
1: that's when he proves himself when he's, he's an amazing pilot or, or at some point or, he has his top gun moment or, yeah, or whatever but... Or, Yeah, but again he's the newbie like he barfs in his suit the yep. first day he's there I think he's supposed to be our entry point into it we're supposed to sort of enter the story through his character and be sort of feel his overwhelmed yeah. perspective. I yeah, that's the way I looked at it. Um and uh, during the shooting the monkey scene I, there was worry that he was going to hit the little girl. Uh, in which what, case yeah. in which case I would say Shoot both of them. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You don't have enough trank to kill that monkey, right? You're not trying to kill the monkey, so you're not trying to kill that girl. So the stakes just keep dropping and keep dropping.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just. It was just kind of interesting to see like all the different beats play out. You know, you've got the the stuff happening with the uh, in the beginning with the um, there in Africa, and he's got the love interest thing. But then, like you were saying, near the end, it became just between about Donald Sutherland and well, and Morgan Freeman, I guess, mm-hmm. too. The, the whole thing with the the. Their, their rivalry or you know I guess they were in cahoots with the, the bad stuff they were doing but it, it kind of got away from the fear of the actual um, virus and turned more into just the conflict of those characters and that for me kind of you know dipped down but still it's a good romp yeah. you have a bit of fun you know
1: and again the, it becomes less real at the end when he cures Rene Russo I'm, I'm rolling my eyes and I do think that this device in movies is well past worn they have a damaged, broken relationship at the beginning of the movie and through this horrifying yeah. adventure they grow closer and their love is rekindled. Yeah. Yeah. No. Holy shit, been there done that. <laughs> in... Well,
0: th- another one of those that we're going to talk about later, I think, does yep. that too, don't they? Yeah. Yep,
1: yeah. yep. But it's even in 1995 been there done that, and it still goes on today. And I'm just like, there's got to be some other thing you can do. How about the adventure that leads to the divorce where they, the, the married couple after fighting off the deranged hitchhiker and uh, their their divergent paths and how they dealt with these situation taught them that You know what? (laughs) We're different people. Life goes on. I've just
0: faced death, and I don't have time to put up with your crap anymore. Good luck with your miracle cure. I'm going (laughs) this way.
1: (laughs) But I think we're off the board. Is there anything else you'd like to say about outbreak, uh, outbreak?
0: No, not too much. I mean, I did a little bit of digging around. One of the interesting facts that I, I, I saw was that apparently, according to my deep, deep research on the internet, uh, is it the monkey? Was the monkey from Friends? It's the same actor monkey. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, and um, and I guess that this uh, Harrison Ford was supposed to take this role, and he said no. And so Dustin Hoffman came in and said... Well, I need you to rewrite it to make to be more relatable to 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 me, yeah. and so that's why you get the reference to his nose in there, and because uh, he has that little moment, cutesy moment with the kid or something like that, and uh, uh, and they they change things around, and they changed the the bad guy to be Donald Sutherland right. as well when they cast Dustin Hoffman. So I thought it was kind of a. I think you can kind of tell a little bit that. He wouldn't have been the first pick of a, of an actor to be playing that hero role, but I think you know here we are twenty years later. It still kind of works. It's cheesy, fun, yeah. super cheese. Some of the music is kind of almost like, you know how they score those big kind of Star Wars moments in, in Family Guy. Yeah, that helicopter, the the jet chase or whatever was yeah. kind of one of those things. But it's a good romp. It's fun. And, and when I lo- first saw it, I loved it. So it's, a, it's, a, it's got a nice little place in my heart. It's not my most favorite movie ever, but it's a good time.
1: And I will say, with like the good and bad that I say with all of these movies, I don't think I was ever bored particularly while I was no. watching this. It's fun. So like uh, I might have been meaner about it than I should be. It's got a great cast. It's well made. It's decent, yep. um, but like I say, I pick a path. Be real or be spectacle, right? Well,
0: and we've got the luxury and the benefit of watching it years and years later. Yeah. And so has it aged amazingly well? No, not so much. But for that little slice of time when when I was, you know, uh, in 1995 watching it, I loved the crap out of this movie. But now, of course, we're all older. Uh, th- this movie has aged a little bit. And we see the little bits of cheese. And we're a little bit more used to some of those tropes that are used. You yeah. know, and the plot devices. But for its time, it was a great flick.
1: Yeah. And this, the hard thing about doing a movie like The Andromeda Strain or even Contagion, or which movies that I like, is the the weight of it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: If you don't have any fun, then then it just becomes like this unbearable. When people come out of the theater, it's like they're walking out of a funeral, right? Yeah. And if you're making that kind of movie, I guess go ahead and make that kind of movie. But in a way, <laughs> it hurts the rewatchability. Yeah, this isn't Schindler's List. <laughs> it this is not. this is you this know, is a popcorn movie. Yeah, for yeah. sure,
0: hundred percent. Even as the seasons change, nature moves within itself. Its colossal power and its delicate beauty, in perfect harmony. Perfectly, cosmically, sane. Though periodically, nature will, in a kind of psychotic fit, go completely, randomly, mad. It's okay. It's okay. Here go. it's right. We're just gonna close. I'm the right now. Okay. Come on, okay. let's, go, let's go. All right. All right,
1: go. All right. Okay, here we go. Here
0: we go, sweetie. Uh, hurry. Here we go. If you don't have a subtle basement, build the center part of your house.
1: So Jan de made two back-to-back, huge box office hits.
0: Another interesting name. We've got
1: Wolfgang, and, and we've got Jan. DeBont. See, and I want
0: to call him Jan. Jan de Bont? No, I, I'm sure it's Jan. Okay. I would call myself Jan. I don't
1: know. It, again, it feels right somehow. So it's Jan. Jan de uh, Speed would be the mm. first one, which, uh, it, you know, it, despite having cliches all over it, is a completely entertaining movie still mm-hmm. today. And Twister would be the, the next Unfortunately, it all came to a crashing halt with his absolutely horrendous remake of *The Haunting*. But uh,
0: <laughs> that, oh okay, yeah, I, I got stories on the way. If you review that movie, I'm in. Oh my god!
1: Uh, I, I will sharpen my knives for that. But oh. uh, but at this point, uh, his mojo was still working for him. Uh, Twister is not a smart movie. It's actually an incredibly stupid movie, but what it lacks in intelligence, it makes up for in energy and speed. And like, it's completely ridiculous but because it knows that it's completely ridiculous and it's dipping its hand to the point where it's almost showing you the cards but yep. just not quite. Well, and I think, <laughs> like
0: Twister for me is one of those movies it's got a very special place in my heart and I'm not saying that it's you know the 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 upper tier of what it is to aspire to to do as a disaster film uh, maker you know yeah. but for me I love how they like you're saying they go right to the edge but they don't go over they've got you know, decent character development, where where each of the characters are their own quirky little you know uh, people. It's for me again like how um, aliens, the alien franchise, uh, the early early ones, great character development. So when something happened to them or when they were doing something, it was believable. You cared. Yeah. Um, had this movie just had a bunch of uh, soulless automaton, you know, uh, uh, muscle jocks and hoochie mamas you know, just romping around, getting their clothes blown off by tornadoes or something wouldn't have been successful this right. this movie says what these different people do and you really don't even you're never fearful but you're you just kind of having fun at a time when they were just developing some amazing special effects for their day to kind of tell you this story for me it's just a grin from you know ear to ear just kind of you know watching this this thing happen and when it's done i don't feel like my time's been wasted no
1: yeah it's Incredibly entertaining. Uh, You might have to apologize to your brain afterwards, but... Oh, it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Uh, It stars Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, and a tight white shirt. I'm sorry to sound like such a heterosexual male, but... uh... I remember it making a real impression on me <laughs> in 1993. It's like, isn't Helen Hunt like the chick from that sitcom? Yeah. Oh, Bummer? yeah, i yeah. uh, Not about you. What just happened, <laughs> right? Um, so, yeah, I th- do think that her character is very attractive and she has this warmth to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, again, you want to like her, you want to cheer for her, so the fact that, like, there's no real reason for her to... <laughs> That we see, again, other than this terrible adventure that they suffer, like, Bill Paxton breaks up with this woman he's engaged to. (laughs) To go back with her.
0: This is one, another one of those movies where right? the relationship's falling apart, mm-hmm. and then through the disaster yeah, they rekindle and everything's all right, you yeah. know, at the end, much like uh, uh, Outbreak with Dustin and Hoffman.
1: He's clearly a danger junkie clue loves chasing tornadoes, and she's this woman that Jamie Gertz plays is clearly the opposite yeah. of that, right? I mean, it's <laughs> everybody is playing a cliche. These aren't characters; these are sketches, but they've got some crazy good actors playing them. Phillips. Seymour Hoffman
0: I think that's the first movie I ever truly remember seeing him like yeah. I, every other movie that I would have seen when he got more famous yeah. I'd be like oh that's the guy from Twister yeah.
1: you know uh, Jeremy Davies has like 10 lines in the background is of he this. the weather map guy or uh, no he's the sort of stuttery guy he's super skinny rails oh yeah 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 um, uh, Carrie Elway's uh, just everybody is somebody in this movie. Like even if they had five lines, it seems like their career blossomed into bigger things. And it's it's it people don't seem to talk a lot about Twister now, but. This was a huge movie when it It came out. It was like
0: the movie of the summer. I remember that summer very well because this is me, you know, too much information. But I remember coming out of that movie theater. It was, there was a storm that night. So obviously that was really cool because I'm watching a tornado movie and then there's a storm as I'm driving home and the reason I remember it so much is because my eye was like driving me crazy and that's the very first time I ever got pink eye is I think oh, no. that I must have touched something gross at the movie theater and touched my eye uh, and then like days after I was like I got that pink eye from that twister theater you have and negative so association it's, yeah so it's kind of ingrained in my, in my psyche now but uh, I still love that movie
1: right the story is supposed to take place over I think just under 48
0: hours <laughs> and uh, in that
1: time I think they encounter five separate tornadoes.
0: (laughs) That all coincidentally have, have weird... Um, Patterns according to the radar that look exactly like the Pepsi logo. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, my God. Oh, I remember watching that because um, I was all product placement, product placement. And um, whoa, what do you know when when they have to save the day and they realize they need these things to be more airborne? Pepsi cans, all Pepsi cans with that same red, white, and blue logo. And when they're looking at it on their Doppler radar or whatever of how the storm is like, it's the freaking Pepsi logo, man. So I don't know. There's a little, that was a little too
1: much like this is a big money movie I understand you need the sponsors at least it was one of the cases where they used it as a point in the plot it wasn't the Wayne's World parody where it's like it's just like people just do things for money that's just really sad
0: (laughs) (laughs) this uh, no I think I could forgive I could forgive Twister with the with the Pepsi stuff because it it just gives me this this fun little journey of all these, um, you know, tornadoes that are coming by and the special effects, and I remember seeing this on on the big screen, and this is around for me, I'm gonna get the timeline muddied, but around that time where Jurassic Park and the CGI was really coming. I
1: think this came out almost right on the heels of Independence Day, and yeah, these were the yeah, two right big there. CGI spectacle disaster movies.
0: And this one, for me, I, when I was watching it, and I hadn't seen Twister in oh man, about about good seven, eight, nine, ten years since yeah. I'd seen it last. But watching it again, what uh, just recently here, what what really uh, struck home with me was like, wow, they're doing uh, a really nice balance of practical effects. And CGI yes. because they've got uh, the houses falling apart. They've got that, uh, the, the, whatever, that windmill thing crashes into that mechanics garage. You can tell that's not CGI. Yes. They'll save the CGI for uh, the tornado and for the cow flying through or doing those things, which were a real good romp, but it wasn't all like the movie... like. These days, you can tell almost everything's done in front of a green screen. And it's all CGI'd after.
1: Everything would have been CGI, I think, today. Like, yeah. even the most ridiculous scene where they drive through the rolling house on the yes. highway. Yeah. That was practically shot. Today, no fucking yeah. way. And I really get props
0: to that. Like, I think we almost need, uh, we being the Hollywood, uh, needs to kind of get back to a little bit more practical effects to sell things a little mm-hmm. bit better. I know it's cheaper, you know, I guess, to do the, the CGI, but that movie felt real. Uh, Where some of the other stuff I see now, it's like, yeah, you can call it all day long how how everything's a little too fake.
1: I do want to get into this because two movies that we're going to talk about coming up, we're going to directly deal with this. For me, special effects have come to the point where CGI is really good nowadays. It's Mm -hmm. getting to the point where if you pay for high-end CGI, you can fool me. But typically what I find is do as much as you can practically. And whatever you can't do practically, you lean on special effects or whatever soft edges to what is practical, right? In, we'll get to the impossible, but in the impossible, they basically created one huge field of wreckage. Yeah. And then, of actual wreckage, and then used the computer to make the wreckage sprawl out to infinity, right? Oh, and they so, do
0: that with, like, uh, battle scenes in Game of Thrones. Absolutely. And you just copy-paste-multiply.
1: I understand and absolutely do that. But what surprises me about Twister is when I sat down to watch it, I was expecting a little bit to not enjoy it the way I had when I'd seen it before and I was expecting the special effects to not be that great because Mm -hmm. we're still talking early special effects and what I find interesting the cow doesn't look good and there's a few specific in shots where where there's actual moving characters in shots where you can sort of see it's not blending perfectly but the storms look good to me Mm -hmm. the actual storms still hold up and uh, that's Good, because if we lost the spectacle, then we'd be just left with the script. Yeah. And that's what I think we've both been way too kind about. (laughs) It starts with the Helen Hunt's character's father being carried off by a Twister, right? Yeah, She's got a personal vendetta against the Twister,
0: right? Yeah, I forgot about that. And she's like, she just wants to see it. And she's so emotional about it. Uh, she thinks the, 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 the Twister almost, it's it's almost like the Jaws thing where the, the shark is taking it personally against the it's family. And Helen exactly Hunt is like, Why? The What do you want?
1: You're exactly right. It is the jaws thing. Like it, it destroys her aunt's house too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know that whole speech she gives. You haven't seen it. Miss this house and miss this house, and then come right after you. Well, if you feel that way, stop putting yourself in harm's <laughs> way, bitch. If the, sp- if the universe is speaking to you that clearly. Yeah, maybe
0: just move to Alaska. Relocate <laughs> these <laughs> problems. So. You maybe get into ocean ocean science or something.
1: What I'm trying to illustrate, and that's not, that's just one of them, if you pull any one plot thread even slightly, yeah.
0: right, it's,
1: it is incredibly bare bones. Well,
0: and it's, and it's, uh, there's a lot of cheese in there too, when, uh, and they do those, like, those cutaways where uh, Bill Paxton says, uh, no, we're absolutely not going to take my truck, cut to them, taking his truck, you yeah. know, or Helen Hunt says something exactly and we cut and we go to there, and so, and I think they play on that a little bit, but I can forgive that because it's it's still, um, for me, it was spectacle. It wasn't story. And, and, Momentum. Uh, yeah. It happens and, quickly. And for someone who's, who's you know, been born and raised in uh, the land of living skies here in yeah. Saskatchewan and all the jokes about you're so flat, you can see your dog run away for, you know, three days. weeks. days. Yeah. I mean... Uh, the skies, mosquitoes aside, are uh, you know a beautiful living thing, and especially when there are storms. And you, you a person from here and from you know s- southern states and other places too, where you do get storms like this, people who are familiar with that are used to seeing that little hint of green, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they talk about that. in That's and bad news, right? <laughs> you know that's bad news, and and uh, I mean they make up some stuff, or maybe they don't. Maybe it's real, but. Sidewinders or their sisters, and the, the one tornado turns into two and does that, but it's still kind of a what it's that whole thing of what would I have done yeah. if this? I still some of my favorite dreams are ones where I'm just scared shitless because a tornado was coming after uh, me or the farm that I grew up on because I've been watching a storm and it's a tornado. I, I'm i scared, but I'll always wake up with just this shitty and grin on my face just going, oh, that was the coolest thing. And that's the feeling I first got when I watched this movie. Huh.
1: See, and that's the thing that I kind of, I want to see a movie that maybe more taps into that because I haven't seen... I'm going to go yet again to zombie movies, Colin. I apologize. That's okay. I love them. But I always like the first half an hour of zombie movies where shit's starting to go bad, but people haven't noticed it yet. Mm. Exactly the thing you're talking about, that green line on the horizon, or where the entire world seems to be emanating this, like, red-pink glow, and you suddenly realize there is no wind and no birds, and you're like, oh, shit. It, it's like almost a psychic energy that's coming at the front of this storm, telling everybody. Well, I guess know?
0: there were a very subtle kind of shades of that in the drive-in movie theater scene. Because right. they're all, whatever, they're resting up, getting ice cream or whatever they're doing at that concession stand. And then, you know, the cello or the deep, you know, music starts playing and Jack Nicholson is doing the shining thing and the tornado comes and the realization dawns on them and they yeah. do their thing. So that's pretty much the only moment where they're caught unawares. The rest of the time they got their science and their technology. And they're trying to help people who, like her dad and mom, were caught unaware yeah. to increase the... Give them more the, time. Yeah, the response time to these. But uh, that's probably the only time where kind of it yeah, attacks them and
1: even yeah it, it pounces at that point yeah. I just I, I, I like that sort of feeling of dread like where you, you shit's going bad you feel it but yeah. like it's going bad but it's not there and some movies are really good at, at accomplishing that and uh, like this movie wasn't that type this movie was much more interested in go 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 and it was the smart choice because again if they'd belabored any of these plot points yeah, <laughs> like oh shit and the fact th- they have this rival tornado team that's all bad <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> and he either on always either follows Bill Paxton you know and, and is bad for following him or doesn't and then gets in the way no matter what like it's it's, it's a little bit laughable
1: they're not in it for the science they're in it they're for in the it for,
0: money oh, says says the lead character of a movie that's got product placements from Pepsi all over <laughs> they're only there for the corporate sponsors and it's like dude Pepsi your your Doppler radar looks like Pepsi so bill paxton yeah. 0 I uh a,
1: a silent moment for Bill Paxton, too. Actually, this is weirdly the second episode in a row where we're talking about a movie that Bill Paxton starred in. The last episode, we talked about A Simple Plan. He usually was a supporting character, and I like sort of mm. seeing him center a movie. And I don't think people who do movies like this get enough credit. The amount of time that he would be spending in front of a blue screen or doing micro shots where it's it's action beats that they cover a few seconds at a time. It is actually painstaking work and you have to keep your energy up for each individual micro shot. It's way harder. And way less fun than you would think to be in a special effects extravaganza. And to be able to do with all that technical stuff and still come through with a performance.
0: I think uh, I've always been a Bill Paxton fan. And I was really sad to hear about his passing. You know, that's uh, it's just one of those things where he's just one of those... He's that guy from so many from movies. From everything. From everything. A lot of James Cameron stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, and that famous uh, story that everybody talks about is uh, his line in... Um, Uh, in Aliens, the game over, man, game over. That was all improv right there. So he's obviously... Uh, he obviously was an actor who could get there, yeah. uh, you know, um, and 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 deliver and kind of get into the moment, and and he, he wasn't really ever unbelievable in Twister. He 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 delivered on a lot of that stuff. Sure, his dialogue wasn't the most amazing, but he was he was Bill Paxton as a as a weatherman, and yeah. sure I, I I ate that stuff up.
1: And there's something about somebody who's just like the consummate sort of supporting player, you know, he, in a way, even though he was everywhere, who's kind of invisible. I, I was remembering Brendan last episode. He was killed by. a a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, his fingers dip deep into our
0: culture. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, and, I loved him in True Lies, too. And, oh, and, my
1: God. And, and Twister, I think, is, you know, maybe not as high-tempo as those others, but I think we can count that in there. Uh, it's an is what it is movie but I cannot understate how dumb it is it's super dumb and it's super fun it is and for me it's got
0: it's like it's it's, uh, a really good Old cheese you know yeah. it's, it's one of those things that it's that cheese has aged and still it's got little stinky moments but I will still enjoy it and watch it and have fun and, and I, I will every time I watch that movie it can be out in the background I can watch it like I just watched it here yeah. again and I'll probably watch it again a couple more years you know um, it, it's a go to one every once in a while when I want to have a good, uh, a good special effects fest for you know, and and a bit of nostalgia because it was such a good movie when I watched it in '94 or whatever it was. I'll
1: even go further to make the distinction that it's it's not a movie that's so bad it's good. I think it's a good movie. Oh, 100%. It's not like Anaconda where, like, I, <laughs> I, I love Anaconda not because it's a great movie, but because of how spectacularly crazy exactly. it is, oh, right? Oh, I can't it's not, Anaconda. It's, it's not that Anaconda. It's, it's not like that. It's not one of those movies that you just slap your face and go, wow. I think that really smart people made a really dumb movie. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think
0: at the end of the day, a Twister is... It's entertainment. Yeah, you're getting away. You're you're escaping. You're whatever it is for for you know a little over an hour and some, and uh, you're you're rewarded with this kind of uh, uh, excursion to a place where you know science doesn't matter and the, tor- the tornadoes look cool. Yeah, you know, and and for that I I I applauded. I don't feel like it ever tried to be something that it didn't deliver on. Yeah. It was just kind of like, hey, we're gonna have some silly fun throw a little bit of a B-plot romance in there, and go to town.
1: Special (laughs) effects. Yeah. But
0: yeah, we gotta go, we got cows. There's something monumental about a lightning bolt coming from the sky. I think it really changed my whole way of looking at the world, and that's when all these big metaphysical questions begin to be asked by you.
1: He said, we've all been hit by lightning and everybody's unconscious. He was dead, dead, dead. I remember his sister saying, why are all you boys alive? And he's laying there. A neuron is a specialized kind of cell to transmit information by electricity, which in a sense is a
0: bit like lightning. Lightning came down the phone line. It hit me in the side of the head, throws me in the air, suspends me in the air, and slams me back down on the bed.
1: These things happen, and they happen to all of us. But I don't want to create a religion out of this. There's no meaning to this. It's absolutely... Meaningless. So let's review, as I just referred to, the opposite of Twister. Uh, Active God is one of these like nouveau documentaries that are sort of more felt than anything else. It, it seems more interesting in, in getting an emotional response from you than being more informative or educational, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, we do learn about what the experience of being struck by lightning is like from several different vantage points. But the approach the movie takes is almost dreamlike and distant.
0: Yeah, I felt watching this movie um, that it was more of... It would have been more of an event to see with other people if they're if they were all hoity-toity at a at a at an unveiling at a theater or movie film festival or something, and we're all having canapes and caviar or something. It feels like after that you would go and discuss it and 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 what it meant to you and how and I I think that for me act of god was maybe more of a trigger for a conversation that would have meant more than the movie itself Mm. um but i never really kind of got into the just the movie like i guess we're talking about it now but when i was watching it i was kind of like what are we watching you know
1: it's an art film i guess in a lot of ways and some of the i
0: think it's trying to be an art film
1: some of the pieces are fitting and some of them aren't i didn't Fully understand why we kept going back to this improvisational guitar acoustic guitarist. <sighs> they were scanning what his brain did when he played something that
0: was pre-written, and then they were scanning what his brain did when he improvised. And I was like, was he... And maybe I missed something, but I was like, is this... has Is he a lightning strike survivor that... Are they, show, are they trying to draw an analogy between how lightning strikes uh, the ground and how synapses are firing in, in a person's brain to create art or to, to right. do things... And, and for me, maybe it's deliberately leaving us with unanswered questions so we can have this discussion, but I never felt so compelled that I wanted to, you know, go and research or have an in-depth d- discussion about it. Had we not been doing this podcast, I don't think I'd be mentioning Act of God to my friends going, oh my goodness, have yeah. you seen this? Let's talk about an right. experimental guitar player and, and lightning strikes.
1: Well so I, I guess i agree like i kept on waiting for him to put the guitar down and then tell us his story yeah. like why he was there was going to become evident and i kept waiting for that to happen and because it wasn't bothering me because i had such trust that it would happen <laughs> that I, I i i went with the movie and was enjoying it and i think what i do really like about the movie are the individual stories that we get we, that we get told uh there's something powerful about the idea of being struck by lightning because it's such a rare occurrence and such a powerful thing to, to have like well even through.
0: more rare to have that happen to someone and be able to hear their story from them firsthand where they have not been killed yeah or they you know because th- th- otherwise you just hear oh someone died but you don't hear from their words what that felt like you yeah. know? so th- that's interesting
1: and just, yeah, uh, the force of... You're killed by some uh, incredible force. I remember having a, a really macabre conversation. saying like, uh, if you could choose how you were going to die. You didn't know when it was going to happen, but you, you had some, some say in it. And, uh, I don't know, it's be difficult. But I was like, I want to be in a car driving down the highway that gets hit by a comet. <laughs> like, just
0: That'd obliterated. That would be an interesting way to go. And,
1: A, no pain, you're out like a light. And, B... People would be completely blown away that this piece of spake rock flew through all kinds of time and space, all through different galaxies, to hit a moving target to eradicate me. Right then, then people like (laughs) people would ponder this forever. So that's my choice. I would
0: take that any day over. There was that. There's one guy a couple years ago. He right in a sinkhole and the earth swallowed just his his bedroom yeah I was like oh my god like you'd think that earth swallowed you whole I'd do comment over that
1: this idea that the universe pointed at you Mm -hmm. and and it either tried to kill you but if it didn't kill you it in some way changed you all of the people react differently Mm -hmm. vastly differently and I found that really interesting the one woman who we we meet who lost two of her kids and her niece while they climbed a hill to worship a right. sculpture of Jesus Christ, they're killed.
0: And they're going back up there to show that they're, 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 Their faith. Sin. Yeah.
1: And she actually had an argument with her daughter about doing it because of the weather and she said the weather would make it more beautiful. Like the, the tragedy is so incredible that like, I can't believe she still has faith. Cause as far as I'm concerned, God himself, right. is for like, whether he struck those kids down and mm-hmm. her, it's like, Uh, God can't make any mistakes she says God turned them into angels it was a sad decision but it wasn't a wrong decision I... I, I was shaken by that
0: I I did like the 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 kind of way that it made it makes that it brings up the discussion of you know the your your fate versus destiny versus free will or you know do you have a say in what's going to happen or are these like is it just random and could you have taken the other fork in the road and been fine mm-hmm. you know and so what for me what it's kind of getting at is the, the act of God is this is this something that was meant to always happen to change you. Or is it just like a random, I was there and this happened to me?
1: And some of them make it about themselves and some of them just think wrong place, wrong time. Uh, well, the other guy was a war veteran and spent his life fighting battles, real and pretend. Oh, and now he's a salesperson. And, no, what is uh, he... Uh, now he coaches people in their death times. Because, he
0: seemed a little bit of a snake oil salesman. But he,
1: no, he says he no longer feels death, fears death because of that lightning strike and that he's a different person because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, different. Uh, and, of course, Paul Oster. I don't know if you know him. He's the tells the story about being a child and a bunch of uh, campers are climbing under a barbed wire fence. Paul Oster is an author of his own right, and uh, he did this indie movie in the, actually in the mid-90s, right around the time that Twister was coming out, called Smoke. Okay. Uh, and uh, he's an interesting guy and an interesting writer in that he sort of likes to write about intangibles, but he does it in an engaging, not arty-farty way. And I do agree this movie is arty-farty. It's so
0: far delicious, but
1: uh, <laughs> that story again about con- being confronted with death at the age of fourteen, just staring at this dead kid for an hour because they're trapped in this rainstorm and just like having to having that put in front of you, uh, and just because that kid was ahead of you before mm-hmm. they hit the fence the randomness of it there's a haunting quality to these stories that I think makes the movie overall worthwhile but I wish it sort of had something to
0: say over and above it or a thesis yeah or a... I, I completely agree like it felt like it was um, it was be trying to be an art film too much by not not that i want i never want to be spoon-fed too too much you mm-hmm. know um and i can understand where you won't give someone all the answers and when in a, in a movie called Active god you're not going to give all the answers because it's not for for maybe them to define but i just wanted some context to some of the backstories that i was getting you know like what's the deal with the guy with the with the guitar why was the guitar in there so much you know and and so i think that what it did for me is it, it it was a little too disjointed for for me um the guitar went on way too long i i, I am not a fan of experimental guitar apparently right. and um and so the the one guy in particular that i think he's the, the one who opened it where uh he he's talking about the the one uh kid who got, they're all kids, uh, the Boy Scouts or whatever, and he, he was uh, vomiting was, out, his, is that him? That that vom- yeah, it was a little too dramatic, and I felt like I was a part of him doing dealing with his therapy or something right. like that, and it just, it felt a little too indulgent for his story, for my tastes, um, and I just never felt... Um, Unfortunately, the, mu- the music kind of turned me off a little bit, and, and I and I watched, but it, I just never saw, other than the lightning strikes, the the, the thread that wove the people together. They all kind of seemed a little bit off uh, after the whole thing, and, and a little bit kind of kooky, yeah. you know?
1: And again, I think you're just supposed to walk away in a bliss of wondering, I mean, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? And... That's a little too easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not saying that you can have the answers, but I mean, an attempt, or or why do all these people have all these different response to something so powerful, you know? Um, and maybe it's not about lightning, then maybe it becomes a movie about the near-death experience or how trauma can change a person. But there wasn't a psychological angle or a spiritual angle. Like, they didn't take an angle. They just had these stories and they played this funky music.
0: Yeah, it just seemed like... Um and obviously that's the nice thing about film and things like this uh, is that it's it's very subjective and take what you want leave yeah. the rest yeah um not that I have ever you know made a movie myself or I mean I've been in my own little aspect you know in different places in uh, Part of the process but I've never you know produced a, a documentary so who am I to say yeah. however had I done that I think for me I would have taken out the guitar side of it not just because I'm not a fan of the music but I would have either taken it out or or been more deliberate in what in telling the audience why it was relevant to those stories of the, what of the lightning is the connective strikes, yeah.
1: There? Why? Why?
0: Yeah, and why were we so fixated yeah. on on this person? You know, he could have been maybe more in the background or more in the front, but it was just this big question mark for me that I wanted things to be a little bit more cohesive and have a stronger concept. And I think, as far as an art piece goes, it was a little too. Uh, throwing things at a dartboard to see what sticks, Mm -hmm. then here is my vision for what I'm trying to get an audience to experience,
1: you know? I can't utterly dismiss it, but I will make the case that the conversation you'll have after the movie might be more interesting than the movie itself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But it's worth having that conversation, maybe. So, like, at the same time, I don't want to say don't watch Act of God, either. Uh, Then
0: you've got to, like, have your friends suffer through it, too. (laughs) (laughs) You might have some good conversations for, like, 20 minutes after, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to inflict that on on my friends. If there was, like, a part two edit or something (laughs) where they kind of streamlined things and kind of made it a a little bit more... Um, deliberate in, in a little bit more of a vision or something I'd say all day long but it almost felt like this was a first cut Right. that needed uh, a little bit more time uh, in in editing or storytelling or something to get it there. It, it, flush it, it out was... and
1: find your theme. Apparently yeah, in direct yeah. in documentaries that will sometimes happen. Like They'll say you'll have hundreds of hours of footage and someday
0: while you're looking for it you'll have this aha moment. <laughs> well, unless this whole movie is being like super meta and saying that, okay, it's all about experimental guitar and now it's an experimental yeah. film and we're just going to throw it out to the universe yeah. like a guy randomly picking his chords on his guitar maybe that's what this movie was in yeah. which case maybe that's where the 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 arty farties you stand up and cheer but for me it just uh it, it, it i don't think that was their intent and it just didn't it didn't resonate for me that way
1: well how about this uh when last i checked you could watch this for free on youtube do
0: it if you must but...
1: uh, and <laughs> you can very easily Click past some of that guitar if it ain't working oh for God. you. But I like again. I think I, I appreciate the storytelling and what it made me think about. And maybe at the time it was just a nice apology to my brain for Twister. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: no, know, in some part points I was just like, wow, like this this guitar. Like I, I in if I if hell is ever a real thing, we're talking about God. But if there's ever a hell, my hell would have that guy playing that guitar yeah. on a freaking loop. Uh, you know, like yeah. ooh, I couldn't do it.
1: Mine would be a bus stop. 40 below bus never comes or if it does come it just blows by Ouch. and you just keep waiting <laughs> <laughs> moving on what the hell was that
0: pull the team out now the storm is turned into a cyclone. guys the cave is flooding do you think ah! you'll find another way out we're heading you can do this
1: because you have to do this. I don't want to die down here.
0: I can't get out of here, or am We follow the river all the way to the ocean. This way. You sure? No. Nope. Well, I'll see you on the other side. Could have picked a better choice of words. Give me your hand. We will find a way out. We're running out of time. <laughs> you kill us! All- never give up. No matter what happens, you never, ever give up. Sanctum.
1: All right, so Sanctum. Uh, this movie kind of taps into the same claustrophobic nerve that one of my favorite horror movies, The Descent, taps into uh this idea in this case they weren't even underwater they're just cave spelunkers Mm -hmm. you get a a, a rock fall locks them inside they have to find their way out and there's monsters because it's a horror movie this is a monster free version of that but the caves are underground um i think that it's technically absolutely beautiful like the the way it's shot and the Mm -hmm. like it was shot for be- to be seen on a big screen and in 3D, and it, it really works hard on giving you that spectacle. And they <clears throat> hired an actual cave diver to work the script because they wanted everything to be authentic and visceral. It and looks real. really good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will always count on producer, uh, you know, James Cameron to be really good technically that way. But I feel, and feel free to disagree with me, that Sanctum suffers from the same thing that a lot of James Cameron works do in that it's technically amazing but the script has a little bit of a tin ear yeah i recommend sanctum for the visual adventure i think as a visual achievement of sort of man versus nature these scenarios that we present that are real diving scenarios and real exploration scenarios that have come up with are really well handled and really interesting and i really believe that and there are scenes where i feel my chest getting tight because i want to feel them getting the air that they so desperately Mm. need those scenes work but whenever the characters start bonding or they're 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 reattaching to their distant relationship with the father or they're trying to do this thing where setting up one guy as a hero where he turns super super evil none of that part of the movie works and it's a sin because the rest of the movie is working really hard like it really works until the scenes where it's not.
0: <laughs> I completely agree with everything you just said. Like the, um, the thing that got me with this movie um, uh, is that at the beginning it says, uh, whether it was inspired by true events, based on a true story, something like that, right? right? And so I'm thinking, okay, we're in um, an uh, impossible Naomi Watts type situation where this is a real thing, that's happened. Yeah. Let's see how these people, uh, you know, did what they did. And um, then when we got into the one the 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 villain dial on the one guy gets turned up so much, I'm like, oh, okay, like now it, it got too Hollywood, yeah. and it deviated so far from anything um, in the in the in the dynamic that the character, how the characters were interacting, yes. that stuff, like the stuff you're talking about, the the, the father son relationship, the relationships with the the, the girl and whatever. Then I started going to like this. There's this. It's not based in reality at all. You yeah. know, um, uh, saying that it was based on a true story is like saying uh, a movie about two guys doing a podcast when the aliens arrive and witchcraft <laughs> happens is based on us tonight right. because it had one little launch point that might have been real, and then Creative License went too far, to and be that's where We did, did record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah and that that that's, <laughs> that's the true story. That's true. <laughs> but the rest of it eh, artistic liberties, you well, know. Well, we had to make it a little sexier for the big screen. Yeah, I, I think that. too many liberties and 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 the where the guy turned, you know, into a bad guy and and her hair getting caught in Ow. the in the ropes. I was at one point I thought they're all gonna die, yeah. and that's where you get away with saying this could have happened because yeah. they were never heard from. I googled it after, and apparently they were nobody died. No, they were all fine, and it happened in the 80s. And they were only gone. Know, I'm probably wrong on the number, but it was like six or nine hours or something like that. It wasn't that long. And this they movie were at deviated
1: risk of the caves being drowned by the storm, but in the end, the caves were not drowned by the storm. Yeah. Is essentially what happened. In the movie, they have to find an alternate route and yep. they don't know if there is going to be a way out. And again, the group...
0: And they find like a freaking World War II plane or what was it? They found some... A tank. A tank or whatever. Was, oh my god. And it uh, just, it, it got way to the point of ridiculous. But like you said before, technically... Wow. Whoa! Yeah, I felt like I was watching uh, Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth type stuff, you yeah. know? Which are fun and you get that sense of fantasy and adventure and that claustrophobic nature of those caves, and the you know how would your your physical endurance hold up even if you were like right on your game and this was your thing? How would you do some of these hard to do maneuvers? Yeah. That was great, but the the interaction between the characters, well, psh,
1: yeah, no. Uh, and I think that the they missed that, and I find that's often the case with James Cameron. Like Avatar is a terrible script. Yeah. It is a terrible script. Visually amazing, terrible script. Uh, I don't think that this script is as terrible as that, but it is as obviously off-key. Like, somebody should have noted, yeah, we got all the gear stuff right, we got all the cave stuff right, but these characters are wonky. Yeah. Uh, This Australian actor, Dan Wiley, plays the guy who gets sick and severs himself from the group as to not become a liability, and he just goes somewhere to hide and quietly die. I felt like this was another version of what Jim Cameron did in The Abyss with the Michael Bean character, right? Oh, I but seen it's that in forever. one of those things where the second we saw that little twitch or that little tremor in his thing I knew exactly you know, what was, was happening with that character. the Ian Greffood, or however the fuck you say <laughs> that guy's name. The bad Ian guy. Grefud, The guy who starts off all gung-ho and sort of positioned as a heroic figure. Positioned
0: as a douchebag. As soon as he, like, jumped into the, the, hole. The, the hole, and he, like, all his other friends are going down on the, whatever, ropes or something, and he yeah. goes in on a freaking parachute. Yeah. It was like... Okay, you're the douchebag of the film. I immediately <laughs> dislike you. But
1: exactly. We don't, we're not surprised by that. We're, when we meet the main character's father, uh, he's super gruff and we feel like we shouldn't like him, but we're going to grow to love this mm-hmm. man so that his death will mean something yeah. to us, right? And I keep forgetting the actor's name even though it keeps showing up in, in front of me. He plays the main character, Rice Wakefield, who plays Josh, the main character of the movie. He's good looking think i don't know is he an amazing actor
0: i just i wasn't the blonde guy like i didn't the, feel the, the, the stakes
1: son? i didn't feel the stakes with him until the very end of the movie when literally his dad died in front mm-hmm. of him i thought that was a good scene but for the most part i just felt like he was well i guess maybe it's a character problem because he wasn't really the action that was happening was never really necessary or centered around him it was all the people had their own adventures and he yeah. was tagging along.
0: He was just kind of there and then he... He be- became
1: our main character. Yeah,
0: like at the end of it, it's all about him. So was that supposed to like surprise us or we were supposed to... Like, that's why I thought they were all going to die. I yeah. thought that, okay, this is their saying it's based on true so they're all going to die and they can just make up whatever they want because nothing was really... It felt like they were guessing at who these characters were It and that it was just kind of like some kind of you know, stitch together a little plot to get them there to to, to experience you know a flooding cave. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why they didn't feel real. When he comes out at the end as the as the the hero, it's like okay, well maybe he maybe this did really happen. I don't know, but I just didn't care enough.
1: Yeah, uh, and I wanted to because I like, guess it's one of those frustrating movies because it's really almost there in a lot of ways. The, the sequence you talk about where the woman gets her hair caught in the yeah. gear on the rope and she's hanging by it and starting to peel her scalpel yeah, yeah. and she wants to cut it so bad and they're telling her not to cut it because she might cut like that sequence is like really good or, or the scene where the kid is like runs out of air and he's finding tiny puddled pockets yep. of air on the ceiling roof top of the cave and he's just sucking these tiny little breaths those scenes really 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 work And so much like when we were talking about Act of God, I'm like, I'm at war with the part of the movie that I'm liking Mm -hmm. and the part of the movie that I'm not. And sort of like Act of God, again, I think there's enough there that I can say, like, if this sounds interesting to you, have a look. But in a way, this makes me hungry for the good version
0: You know, it it feels like it's... Sanctum feels like it is the uh, second or third in a series, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it feels like maybe there was a first movie before it, which there isn't, that was uh, uh, better. And that this is kind of like deviated from that and they're just trying to do a money-making sequel, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it it feels like it could have been a little bit more... again like like act of God I don't know why I keep going back to this but a little bit more deliberate and a little bit more thought out it's like when you watch something that you know someone who's done a million music videos has something that just on screen it looks really good but you could care less because it's it's there's no substance to it Um, that's that's how this was
1: Cameron is good with the technical and not good with the emotional how how much
0: of a part did he play he he was exactly the
1: producer of the film his his Filmmaking partner who he does all of these documentaries these undersea documentaries Mm -hmm. with Uh, it was the guy who was one of the cave explorers that Survived that storm. He wanted to make this movie. So he had a good relationship with James Cameron So
0: they were not just using his name to sell tickets like yeah Oh, no, he was on board and if Mm. you watch
1: the documentary like you can tell he put his full sort of producer weight and technical expertise Mm. behind the movie like when, and he doesn't go halfway. Like when he made the abyss underwater, oh, he yeah. invented a lot of the gear to shoot. Oh, that he invented shit
0: the three D stuff for Avatar. For when they did Titanic, he did worked on this, the submarine technology to go. Like he, that guy is all in.
1: He's moving the technical end of filmmaking forward, but yeah. the emotional end is almost starting to drag backward. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: like well, when you think about like the um, what is it when the the Academy Awards the so and so of arts and science. He's really good at the science part and the technical aspects of capturing those things. And when he's done something like, uh, uh, you know, Titanic, he can pull at the heartstrings. And when he's done Aliens, he can kind of get that adrenaline going. But he's, that's not always his forte. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sunday, you and I might have to talk about Titanic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you wanted to say about Sanctum? I kind of feel uh-huh. like my review will be an echo chamber of what I've just said. Like, I'm torn about the movie. It's one of those frustrating things where I think if the script was as good as the production, this might have been an amazing I movie.
0: agree. I agree. Like, it's, it's, it's a fun watch. Uh, if, you, if you have it on and you're just kind of like, you know, watching it with your eyes but not listening to it, yeah. you're kind of like, okay, this is interesting. But as soon as you... It's, it's almost like a, like a, a twister. When yeah. Don't listen to the script too much. Just kind of have fun watching what you're watching. But don't dig too deep in the character's motivations or anything yeah. like that because it's going to fall apart.
1: Uh, Also, just a small note, I've noticed this about a lot of movies that are shot in Australia, and they use a lot of Australian actors, and that's great because there's a lot of really great Australian actors. But there's something about, especially Australians or sometimes South Africans, doing an American accent. Like their accent is gone, but somehow what they're doing is not an American accent sometimes. Well,
0: who is the, Who are the Australians? The dad and the son. Uh, and...
1: The the dad for sure. Uh, the guy who gets sick and crawls off, mm-hmm. although he keeps his accent. I think he actually talks with it. I don't I remember. Can't remember I've seen him in other things. Um, I think Ian Rufford is Welsh or something. I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, most of the people who are playing Americans aren't Americans. Mm-hmm. And it's not some it's one of those things that most of the time you will not notice at all. But unfortunately once you notice it, you can't you can't unnotice it at all. See, a it didn't bit.
0: really bother me too much because uh, I was I was like, Oh, they're international. You know, mm-hmm. like they're 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 in some cave where It's they a were. small detail yeah. at the end
1: of the day. So his his got a weird way of speaking somehow.
0: Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad I think if, as far as problems go their script was far superior more of a problem than, yeah no than, absolutely yeah, it it's
1: something that I've noticed that I've become more sensitive towards because I think like uh, five or ten years ago I probably wouldn't have noticed it at all but I noticed it from a couple of characters and not yeah. even all the time just that one scene you're just a little... yeah, there's a little <laughs> built in there yeah. anyway that is that is not but as you say the biggest problem like
0: Come and see this. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, can we swim in there? There Yeah, we can go swimming, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
1: Scary bit for me.
0: And the water hit? When I came up. And that was all on my own. And then I saw the two of you.
1: I didn't feel so scared anymore. If Mummy and Lucas are on their own right now, I'm gonna keep looking for them. Onlo. Scared? One I'm scared too. <laughs> One day in the night. One life <laughs> Thank so with much. each other. Sister. Lucas can I help you, people. You're good at it. All right. So the impossible. The director of this, J. A. Bayona, before he made this movie, did a film called The Orphanage. Which is, is it a horror movie? It's or? a ghost movie. If you're into, if you're into ghost movies, it's a good one. It's a good PG, not too visceral, like ouch. But it's really well made. And uh, on the strength of this, although its returns were kind of disappointing, he's directing the next Jurassic Park movie. Oh, nice! The one that's coming out this summer. Um, unfortunately, when the movie came out nobody wanted to talk about how technically amazing the movie is.
0: Sorry, The Impossible came out? The Impossible.
1: When The Impossible came out nobody wanted to talk about the technical achievement of the movie or I think the frankly fucking amazing acting in it. Mm -hmm. Everybody got so pissed off that they changed the ethnicity of the family and that the movie quote whitewashed and that's all that the fucking press was about this movie I think they were Egyptian or Iranian or something like this
0: Something, Yeah, I've seen photos. And Um,
1: and over and above the fact that almost everybody who worked on the production is like Spanish, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, or Mexican or something. I'm I'm totally ignorant about that. But like, basically, yeah, they put Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor in it so that it could be profitable, right? They needed movie stars because they were going to spend millions of dollars telling the story of this tsunami hitting this uh, vacation resort and how this family survives it. And it was largely dismissed, and I think it's fucking amazing. I really do. There's like a few bumps in the road, but they're they're quibbles for me.
0: This for me is a um, it's it is a disaster movie, um, but it is a film. You know, it is a, uh, it's, it's not just a, a fun little, uh, forget about it later romp, you yeah. know, um, which for me, my, my disaster brain loves those kind of just like, ah, things are exploding and falling apart and what would I do? But this was, th- this was a, a, a dramatic film. Yeah. You know, this wasn't just, uh, it was, it had a lot of amazing CGI and scenes and things, but it really stayed true to the, um, it too close to reality there was nothing um uh fantastic or extraordinary outside of the human experience in it sure i mean the tsunami is like blow your mind crazy yeah but it's it's nothing that for a moment you're like ah no i i call bullshit on that you know it it really tried to um it 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 was almost like watching a um a filmed reality show without you know scripted cheese
1: and usually when you have such recognizable stars that's a harder thing to accomplish but the reality is there the thing and I I don't want to belabor this because I do want to get into how great I think the movie is but the thing that really pisses me off about people choosing to be offended by this is that one of the things that is so moving about the movie is the universalness of this experience yeah it doesn't fucking matter what color you are it really fucking doesn't when a wavelength like that just obliterates everything and there's it becomes, no class it, there's everything no race, vanishes there's
0: just you
1: and that's kind of what the movie's about and it's so amazing so anyway let's I'm gonna try and get past that because <laughs> it legitimately pisses me off because if you haven't seen the impossible watch it
0: yeah absolutely watch it
1: um, and, uh, and the other thing Naomi Watts got a lot of attention for this. I think she got a Globe nomination, maybe an Oscar or something. There she we got a lot of attention. And I do think that she's great. Ewan McGregor? That phone call the when he's. Fucking phone oh, call? Oh my god. Rips my heart out, shows it to me, then puts it back into my chest and sews oh, it in. He
0: can't even breathe and speak. And I mean, any human who's of a certain age has been there for their own reasons. And it doesn't matter who you are, if your family is lost in a tsunami or you've lost a loved one of your own or something, you don't know what you're going to do. Watching Ewan McGregor do that phone call and Buddy Lens on the cell phone, oh. it's just raw. Ah, and yeah. I'm just like that for me is like that's 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 just pure sophisticated um, um, performance. acting performance yeah, yeah. Oh my God.
1: and everything about that scene is is touching sort of context the tsunami's hit his family's been split in half mm-hmm. well as far as know, he's got two of his youngest sons with him he has no idea where his wife and his oldest son is yeah. and he's been refused a phone by a couple of strangers already because everybody's in the same situation yeah. and once the battery's out on the phone the battery's out on the phone do? This man gives him the phone. He calls his father-in-law and just loses it. And he hangs up the phone, gives it back to the guy, and the guy says, you can't can't leave it it like that. And gives him the phone back. And that's as touching as Ewan McGregor. Like, it hits me now talking about it. It's like, I haven't seen a movie that that really moved me like that. And I value it. Like, please give me that.
0: It's so real and it's so... um, There's no veneer or facade of... People acting, or people—you um, know—he's scripted that way, and it's not believable. It's you, you, you're like, yeah, I could see how people would be hopefully helping out people in that way, and how you'd be torn in all these different directions, and you, you, you empathize with the. Um, the guy who's lending his phone too, exactly. because he needs it, and what would you do? And all those people are around, like it's um just absolutely bro. And you know what, Kate, uh, you and McGregor are fantastic, but wow. those kids too, yeah, those little kids were just like little actor gods there. The oldest little...
1: of which is now playing Spider Man. Oh seriously? Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, the kids are absolutely good, especially like the very very young ones. Mm-hmm. All of these like horrible decisions that you have to make. Uh, Ewan McGregor's desperate office to find his wife and his older son, but he he can't carry his kids through this wasteland of death and debris. So he sends them with strangers to some relief camp that he's told about in the mountains. And, like, the force of will it would take to put your kids on that truck this really happened
0: yeah yeah and you you'd have like it's it's that whole thing about if you're if you uh, you know you've got two loved ones dangling from the cliff and you can only save, save one, one of them, right? that's kind of the his own version of that where it's like okay the the boys are alive right now but his wife and his son like he's got to look or he won't be able to live with yes. himself
1: and he's also convinced himself at this point i think that he's looking for bodies yeah and then we have the split story. Actually, the first almost hour of the movie stays almost exclusively with Naomi Watts yep. and the oldest son. And she is horribly wounded and trying to hide oh, the deterioration. Those
0: scenes that they did too were just so... Like, she's coughing up these things. are coming... Like, just... the, the injury to the back of her leg where yeah. she's coughing up these things that came into her lungs. And you know that those are real injuries that... You know, but it was yeah. never gratuitous. It was never where... It was authentic. Yeah. And they didn't focus... Because, I mean anyone who's read about these things or you know because it's still a recent uh, event that mm-hmm. tsunami uh 2004 yeah yeah um but that we know that thousands and thousands like a couple hundred thousand people died yeah um and so the 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 aftermath of that uh, there's footage there's things where there's bodies there's 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 horrible horrible things that you know no human would ever want to see and i appreciated the fact that the the movie didn't sanitize it no. for us but they made it believable you could assume and imply that there were enough things off uh camera mm-hmm. you know that are like out of the field of what we're seeing on the screen that maybe that's where the horrible things are but it didn't go into the land of gratuitous either and so it kept it real without going over the top and it gave it a respect for what these people were going through yes. that I never for one second thought they were just doing it for for you know, to make money in the theater or to to um monopolized, monetized this thing into a ho- Hollywood pockets. It, yeah. it, it felt like it was a real human story.
1: Yeah. I, I love the relationship between the mother and son there and that like she needs to get him out of this situation, but yeah. she's trying to have this, this reserve that she's strong. It's not okay. The situation is not okay. They're not safe, but she is very rapidly physically deteriorating, and she yeah. doesn't want him to know that. And he knows it.
0: <laughs> well, and even to maintain their own humanity too, because when they there's that that little kid, I can't remember his name, uh, that little blonde kid. They rescue out of the tree. They yeah. rescue out of the tree, and the, the the son is like, no, mom, like I got to step up right now. I've seen you've got these horrible injuries. We cannot. We're gonna die and she says something we have, to. we have to even if it's the last thing we do yeah. because it's it's keeping that it's like the Ewan McGregor side where he could not have not looked for his wife and son yeah. it's something within him that he had to do that would define him win lose or draw down the road if he didn't try yeah. and when they go to make that attempt to save that little kid they know that they have to because that's the people they are and yeah. that's that's uh, that was her moment of, yeah, we could die, but we have to do these things and i I just commended how 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 just how that was done, you know, yeah. and she's not coming off being some Laura Croft, you know, superhero. It's she's a very she's
1: surviving in the most basic way, <laughs> like just by keeping moving yeah. forward. And, she, and she's
0: not some stereotypical how Hollywood does so frequently, you know, damsel in distress. Like she is just a human who's been mortally wounded, who's trying to keep her shit together for to be strong for her child. And it was, and it just it played so real. There yeah. was no there was no gender stereotype stereotyping or anything like that it was it was just so real and raw uh, mm-hmm. I just I, I it, it just resonated so well which you can because it's a more recent movie than some of the other ones we've mm-hmm. looked at um, it also
1: has the power of being based on a true story yeah. this is not outbreak this is not fucking twister like, well and like... it's not sanctum yeah. which
0: says it's a you know based on a true story right. and deviates so far from the world of reality that it's laughable in some of those character moments and things that you know when you do some research never happened this uh, did happen, yeah. and it stays within that that reality uh, base. Um, I, I read a, uh, an interview that the Naomi Watts uh, character had said, and uh, she'd said the only thing that the biggest thing that they got wrong with the script was that the 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 ball the kids were playing with was yellow and not red. And she said they did very well, yeah. you know, as far as making that movie.
1: And technically achieving that, again, I was talking about the special effects in the previous movie. They made a, a third-scale model of the pool mm-hmm. patio and the hotel, and they, they hit it with water and debris. They could so only do it once, I heard. They can only do it once, yeah. and they shot it with a ridiculous amount of cameras. And they used a vast amount of running water for the sequence with Naomi Watts and uh, Tom Holland being swept away. And they're basically swimming from piece of floating debris to debris. To debris. Yeah. Most of that's practical. The background's all filled in with to extend it. Yep. But they were, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood did this movie Hereafter where they did a tsunami sequence that's all CG and it's well done. It's a well done sequence but I think this one is for the ages. Like, it is a terrifying sequence. From the second oh. the impact hits Nami Watts and we cut to black for what seems like too long. And then she sort of comes to and she's still spinning underwater. Yeah. It's like, and then she surfaces and the debris is hitting her and she's got, looks like a dozen cuts already on her body. And the
0: second wave hasn't hit her yet. And Astounding. she's down. Her character is experiencing this whole craziness uh, at the same time as the audience. Yeah. And it, like, cause we know cause the tsunami happened, it's based on a thing, but just the, the visual, spectacle of that is just like the senses can't even keep up like your jaw is kind of hitting the floor going what is it and all these different things that you're seeing as her character is seeing it it just um it, re- it 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 just makes it so believable and Ugh. so real you know and the thing i liked about this too is that the, the the cheese that is my go-to for a disaster movie is typically like your poseidon adventure mm-hmm. your twister those types of things uh, where uh, unreal circumstances continue to happen throughout the movie. So, uh, whatever, Dante's speaker, volcano, the volcano is going to keep doing things and more stuff is going to be sporadically, you know, peppered throughout the movie to yeah. give you a bit of wow factor. This movie really, um, it, as a, it has to out of necessity to tell the story accurately puts the, all the, 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 the devastation in the front end. Uh, and, and then, really, after those moments, and the water has kind of calmed down, you don 't really see any more mass you see debris, but you 're not seeing the spectacle of the of the disaster happening again and again and again. The rest of it is really the the, the, the characters going through what they need to um, to 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 survive and you 're yeah. not seeing oh the tsunami 's back or any other of those things that you would see in another movie. And for me, I really just appreciated the front end of the disaster, but then the, it could have started really at her just coming in the water, Yeah, you know, if they didn't have the budget. And I probably still would have been as captivated had I not seen all the CGI. Glad I saw it. Yeah. But the story would have just been as powerful yeah. um, if we hadn't seen the storm.
1: But again, Bayona's going to do the next Jurassic Park movie, which I expect will be dumb, but will probably. be spectacle. Yeah. right. Like, I get them seeing that and say he can handle a budget. Um. The one maybe slight bump in the works, and again, we usually when I'm enthusiastic about a movie, I will look for something negative to say so <laughs> it don't come off super hyperbolic. This obviously struck me very personally and emotionally, but there's a little bit of a a break in the action when they get to the hospital, and Tom Holland's character is waiting with his mom, mm-hmm. and she basically tells him to go do something, go yeah. help people, and there's a sequence that almost is, plays it like a montage. Mm-hmm. And it's the one little sequence, it's charming and I understand what it's doing. She's giving him something to do so he doesn't have to sit there and be miserable. And he's helping people. But it's the one thing about the movie, and not to disparage Spielberg, that felt Spielberg to me.
0: Oh, I can see that a little bit, yeah.
1: There's just a little bit more sugar than the scenario was justifiably asking for. But then we cut from that to you and McGregor, and everything is to the right again. And it's a very small little blip. And it's like I'm not I'm not even being that ne- negative about it. But again, me connecting to that was so much more re- removed to you and McGregor talking to his middle son, saying, "The scariest part was waking up alone." then I'm right back in the movie yeah, right? I'm yeah. right back in it it's like it's real
0: I think uh, I completely agree with your point like the the montage of him helping I think you said it was a little too sugary yeah um, I, I think that's that's a really good uh, way to describe it I mean uh, again to be nitpicky yeah um, for me it was uh, I agree with the, the sugar factor he could have maybe seen some more horrible things or <laughs> you know uh, something that wasn't so much of you know him matching these people up yeah um, but that was all right. The only other thing was then too when they're they're kind of doing this. Um, oh, I just missed you. You know, I was around the corner and yeah. and there's my dad and and we're all kind of in the same, but we're just barely missing each yeah. other. Um, but that's that's honestly so minor of a of a thing compared and to the house. emotional
1: payoff of the reunion is yes, huge. Yes, huge. Yes. Yeah. So and we want that and part of the suspense. It's almost suspenseful. It's like he's right there. Yeah. Just yeah. turn around. He's right there. And you're like, it's a true story. Like they get reunited. The, the reason the movie is called The Impossible is because all of them survived yeah, that. They were that was- at Ground Zero. They were like something like 200 feet from the beach.
0: Well, and they filmed that in the actual um, the the resort they were in. They filmed that part of those scenes in the rebuilt resort Resort that um, had been impacted and I'd read something uh, about how a lot of the extras were actual uh, tsunami survivors as well so um, yeah like for me this was a um, depending on what you want to call like a disaster movie yeah this was not a movie this was a, a dramatic film that happened to have a natural disaster in it and the the acting was just everything everything so just fired on all cylinders this movie.
1: so many people missed this they're missing movie. out and like it was so good you guys it's so like uh, a powerful thing uh it I remember seeing a Peter Weir film long before I was a parent. Uh, it's one of the few things that I really, really like Rosie Perez in. She of the really high squeaky oh, yeah, voice. Yeah. Uh, she was in a plane crash in that movie, and she'd been holding her child when it happened, and when she came to, mm-hmm. the child was in her hands. And that that sort of feeling that Ewan McGregor is talking about, like when the wave hits, he's got two of his sons under yeah. each of his arms, and when he wakes up, He's alone. And what that would do to you? I don't know what that would do to you, but this movie is the closest I've come to like. Ugh.
0: It yeah, it really gets to the core of uh, of, of family, most people. Yeah, right? family. What's important? How do you how do you keep yourself together when when things are just monumentally effed up? Yeah. And um, and I just thought it was just so so well done. Yeah, I liked J.A.
1: Biona from the Orphanage. I'm a fan like I'm a huge fan I will watch whatever he does like I was going to watch the next Jurassic Park movie sooner or later that was going to happen but I'm I'm hopeful that he'll have at least something interesting about like he'll show us something we haven't seen
0: well and you know a lot of these uh, the, the directors you know as they kind of develop their pedigree, they they'll do. Hopefully, you know, hopefully this guy will do a bit of cheese, just so he can kind of have the clout to come back to something a little. With Make a little the bit money more with substance. Jurassic Park to do the
1: next Impossible.
0: Yeah, like go kind of a Del Toro route and do like, okay, I'll do you know a Hellboy, but then I'll come back with something a little bit more artsy. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Please, please, please watch The Impossible a without tipping my hand too much. It's clearly the best movie on this list. <laughs> Fog's just lifting. Throw off your bowline, throw off your stern. Blow your air horn and throw a wave to the lighthouse keeper's kid on Thatcher Island. Guys are busy, you're in charge. You know what? You're a sword boat, Captain. Can't be good unless you love it. We're going
0: back out. What? I'm headed east, the Flemish Cap. You're going away again? Flemish Cap is almost off the charts. That's where the fish are.
1: For God's sake, don't go.
0: Another trip and the Andrea Gale will own you, like she owns Billy Tyne. I got a woman I can't
1: stand to be more than two feet away from. And again, I love to fish. Oh! Keep them coming, boy! We got another 5,000 pounds up here!
0: Yeah! Oh, my God.
1: Tail of the banks kicking up something wicked here where are you going in what the hell are you trying to prove come on you seen the forecast
0: i got a quarter million dollars worth of fish
1: weather's been spitting saxes every hour they're running out of scary words it's being called the worst storm in recorded history hurricane grace is accelerating off of sable Island. once it starts no force on earth can stop it these storms have collided you're gonna run right into this thing are they okay no one knows please god get them there You know how I was getting like way too emotionally connected just reliving certain events of the impossible because of how emotionally potent and strong they were there's something about uh, when something that's really well-intentioned and really you know even well-executed fails that really hurts it's like a stand-up comedian tells a really good joke but the delivery's off and nobody laughs are you talking about perfect storm perhaps I'm talking about the perfect storm like it's Heart, I really do believe, is in the right place, but it is miscuing over and over and over again. And much like the impossible, which we just talked about, this is an absolutely true event mm. to the name and person on the boat. Right? Like uh, these are real people who who suffered a real fate, and they wanted to show us the community, and they wanted us to sort of you know understand who they were and feel the lifestyle and honor these men. But in the end, the movie's about special effects. 100%. Yeah. And it it forgets.
0: The issue... I Well, actually, I guess we should say the director for this movie, Wolfgang Petersen. Wolfgang is back (laughs) uh, having directed Outbreak, Mm -hmm. um, which, of the two movies, I prefer Outbreak to Perfect Storm. Agreed. Um, Perfect Storm for me, and this is where I, I don't want to go on too much of a rant, but... Um, it's another one of those ones that says based on a true story Yeah. and I remember watching this in the theaters in early 2000s whenever this came out and uh, I remember thinking at, at the end of it spoilers everybody dies yeah. um, I remember thinking how do they know that any of this happened they do not they, they, do not. they, they uh, honestly this could have been aliens could have abducted them the ship could have gone down because it had a hole in the side before the storm hit we don't really know what happened so everything that we are presented all the drama all the interaction everything is all a fictionalized account of of just knowing that these people went out and died you mm-hmm. know so so right off the bat I'm kinda like okay how many liberties are we allowed To take, and I feel that the intent of this is the antithesis of um, the impossible, because the impossible was about putting the 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 the, putting real people, giving us the humanity, the real the the the, just the the essence of humanity in these perilous circumstances, and what, what would happen with Perfect Storm. That's just a, a, a way to a Trojan horse in a bunch of special effects, mm-hmm. and to say, "Oh, wow! Look, we've got a storm, we've got water." But do I necessarily care about George Clooney's character, even though it's a real person? I don't think I was ever exposed to the essence of these real individuals who who passed away uh, in this in this storm, and that's inf- unfortunate for me. And and the the characters take a total backseat. to, uh, you know, seeing a bunch of water splash on a boat.
1: Um, Yeah, sorry about the the text (laughs) distracting me. Um, Like you said, we don't know exactly what happened on the boat, but that being the case, we have really strong character actors on this boat. We have William Fichtner, we have John C. Riley, we Mm -hmm. have uh, John Hawks, and uh, uh, another character, uh, the, the one black character doesn't say anything. Doesn't say much. Yeah, like let us get to know these guys in a way that we like them yeah. William, William Fittner and John C. Riley spend the whole movie in this bullshit macho competition which makes me hate both of them makes me think that they're petty and useless they're like the bullies that used to beat me up when I was in school I just like these guys are fucking idiots and maybe they do this dangerous job not because they love it so much but because they're fucking idiots yeah. and that is not what the movie was trying to do and even when they were being like the, the, the send-off that the town gives them. They they spend so much time with the family and show that loving relationship. And like I understand they're pulling the heartstrings there, They're but
0: investing in the payoff that they want at the end of the film.
1: They are sent out on this this fishing voyage like they do a couple times a month, right? Like they're being sent to war. Like yeah. they're being sent off to their deaths. Like everybody in the community knows for a fact that they're going to die. Yeah. And I don't believe it. I don't believe that every time one of these guys go out on that boat that that their family throws a party and hugs them like they'll never see them yeah. again. Maybe I'm wrong about that Colin, but as depicted here, I flatly did not believe it. It felt Disney to me.
0: Yeah, honestly, like a lot of the it, it felt to me like um, people in a room said, "Hey, let's do a big special effects movie." Wait a minute, I heard some people died in a storm. Let's use that as a as a you know a reason to get people in in the movie theater. And we need something to talk about other than just the special effects. Why don't we have people in a yacht and have have the the, the navy come in and rescue them? Mm-hmm. That whole rescue scene of there's this, these rich people on a boat and. Uh, uh, What's her name? Karen Allen from Yeah, who uh, I love, by the way. Yeah. It's great
1: to see her, but what's she doing in the what movie? She,
0: and why is she taking half an hour to get rescued, and why do I care? For me, that's like filler, so we can see more storm, right? It's what do I care? because
1: the Hollywood... I'm, just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up, but it's because they were scared of that ending. They had, they were built... That ending was built in, but they needed to have a win, right? They yeah. needed to see somebody saved. They need to see that the storm didn't kill everybody.
0: Well, and I think they also wanted to have they didn't have enough story for the guys on the boat they wanted to, rely to cut away on. from the boat they and if you wanted to. to
1: take this movie seriously that entire movie is that boat Yeah. And we know those guys, and we like them, and we see them face their doom.
0: Well, did you? Um, I, it's not a true story to my knowledge, but did you ever see that All Is Lost with uh, Robert Redford? Yes. Yeah, so good. Um, and and he, whether he, his character lived or died at the end, I don't want to wreck anything because okay. it's a very That's good. That's a movie. pretty big spoiler. To go. Um, you know, but whether that whether he lived or died at the end, I felt that it was a very real character, and I cared about what I thought what he was going to do. I cared about what his motivations were. I put myself in his shoes, and I'm like, oh, what would I do? Yeah. Never once did yeah. I do. That this with Clooney or or John C. Ryle or any of these people because there was just too much Hollywood happening. It's like, oh, I'm mad at you and you're going to do, we're going to feed our families. And it was just, it was too much um, bravado and, 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 and like just. um, Macho. Macho, The amount
1: of machismo on that boat really started to piss me off. I was like. Give me a reason to like you. Okay, I get you got a boner for fishing. Great. You love to fish. You're a man of the sea. I can't relate to that, but I can at least say I'm bad that well, there are people at least they've all got like
0: women at home wanting to... It's like, oh, yeah. for goodness sake. And you know. I
1: mentioned all the good actors. I mean, George Clooney was very hot at the time, and I don't think he's bad in the movie. I just think he gets lost in the special effects. But Marky Mark is a, <laughs> is a weird one for me. Mark Wahlberg, the movie star. Because most of the time, I just... I'm sorry, I just don't think he's much of an actor. No. Every now and then, like one of his first movies, The Basketball Diaries, he plays this asshole bully, and I really believe it. And he got an Oscar nomination for The Departed playing an asshole bully. He's done some,
0: (laughs) not to dismiss him, he's done some good stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is his best work, and I don't really think he was given much to, to do.
1: I think if I was going to cast somebody to play an asshole or a bully, I would definitely consider Mark Wahlberg. But generally speaking, this is definitely one of his deer in headlight roles. Like yeah. one of his The Happening or the remake of The Planet of the Apes, where Mark Wahlberg's in the center <laughs> of this movie. The Happening, the one with the plants? Yeah. yeah. Where Mark Wahlberg's in the center of this movie for some reason. Why is it Marky Mark playing this role? Was he the right guy for this Apparently, role? Apparently they wanted
0: uh, Nicolas Cage. Really? For oh, uh Irish his character. for this role. And yeah. it never happened. And then Clooney said to Wolfgang uh something like, Hey, uh Mark Wahlberg has like a a Boston accent or something. Right. And like, oh and they just did it yeah. on a handshake. Right. You know, and they just filmed it with him.
1: Again, uh He's the character that we're most anchored with, as far as being related to him. I think, and mm-hmm. you know, because he's the youngest and his girlfriend's the prettiest, the most tragic. <laughs> well,
0: and and somehow um, they have this weird moment where, uh, spoilers, they all die. Mm-hmm. Marky Mark is in the in the in the water saying, "I'll always love you. You're my life and my you love. Well, whatever." And she the Diane Lane at the end of the movie is like, I had a dream and quote unquote quotes what he said dying. So are we supposed to believe that somehow his his what he was thinking transcended across the storm and reached her and yeah, no. Yeah. no it just it was too much cheese.
1: Right down to their dying moments. Like uh, was I Clooney surprised goes down, that goes down with the ship. Clooney goes down with the ship. Uh, even John C. Riley, who's an actor by the way, who I really like. Uh, the, his this, last line. This what is going to be really hard on my boy. He would think but not say. Oh my oh, God. It's right. So bad.
0: Well, and that's why it just didn't, it, none of it clicked for me. Like, there's John C. Riley. They set us up when he's got a kid, and the kid loves him, and the kids get along. The kid gets to go to the bar and loves his dad so that we can all be sad at the end. Yeah. Um but then he's this badass who who has this you know this confrontational thing with the other guy in the boat and he doesn't turn into loving father. he just turns into a dick yeah. and it's like just there's just too much of a disconnect there you yeah. know c g i was great, but special
1: effects technically again yeah i've been hound, really hounding on the negative there are positive things to it it's got a fairly enthralling energy to it like it's not boring, but it's just off key. It's really off key, and mm-hmm. it's so far from what it wants to be. It's again, it's like it's when someone's trying to be funny but not, or yeah. something's trying to be scary but not. It's failing huge.
0: Well, and to get back to like the the real people uh, side of this too. Like I feel that in the in the Impossible, wow, like the the the, the characters that were portrayed that are apparently based on real people uh, that are based on real people. I felt that they did those real people justice. Yeah, not so with the perfect storm. No. I feel like um, my perception of these poor, real, unfortunate, dead people <laughs> is that wow. If I take the movie's word for it, they're kind of buffoonish. That they drove into the storm. Uh, they they ignored everything that they should have done just so they could get some fish, and they and they knew the storm was coming, and they died from their own stupidity. Mm. I mean, that's a like very callous, you know, uh, <laughs> harsh. T- a cynical take on it but I don't think that that's how I would want to be remembered if I went because that's probably not yeah. grounded in what really truly happened yeah and
1: the, I don't know the, if the hubris angle is a thing in humanity nobody in their hearts believe. I, I secretly think people privately in their most secret hearts think yeah I'm immortal. Death yeah. is not really going to happen to me. I will always be here. They'll be away, right? So you never believe that this is the storm that's going to get you, right? We, we, will, we will chug through this storm and we will persevere. Uh, like, I, that didn't bother me as much. There is a peripheral story in the script that I think in of itself could be quite a horrifying movie. One of the three um, marines that were jumped into the water mm-hmm. to, to do rescues lost calm and they weren't able to find him. Gone right. I think there could be an interesting story there, <laughs> right? You hit the water, but somehow you lose your communication device. You get stirred around by this storm, you wake up to placid scenes. He would have a flotation device on yeah. him, so now you're floating in the open ocean. You've got all this equipment, survival equipment, but you'll have three days before you're gonna fucking starve to oh death. Oh my god. That's I don't terrifying. know what that movie is, but I bet you it'd be a better movie than a Perfect Storm, and it's too bad because there's real quality content here. I don't think the acting's bad. I think the production is quite impressive, but it's not good.
0: It's 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 kind of uh, on a parallel with Sanctum. You know, visually it looks it looks fairly decent, but uh, what's being written for them is uh, not so great, and it deviates in my mind so far from the truth. You know that that um and i i I'm personally torn between uh, and I know right now like fake news and all these <laughs> things is is such a hot topic um but where where are the shades of gray between? you know, we say it's inspired by true events, we say it's based on a true story, we say it is a true story, and look at all the differences between what was done in the impossible, Mm -hmm. and then right out to lunch with Sanctum, totally uh, um, improvised, made up, people died when they didn't in Sanctum, Mm -hmm. how do you you justify and say what you're allowed to do? I, I read this article where I think it's Olivia De Havilland lost a lawsuit against um, the guy who does Glee and uh, American Horror Story, and he does that feud series now. Right. And they did um, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, and Olivia De Havilland is like 105 now yeah. or something. And defamation she said, of character. Or yes, something. and she said, "I'm not this person. I was there. These things never happened. You are." It's defamation of character. And the judge said, "You don't own history. The, the these people can fictionalize whatever they want. They could say that you could shoot." frickin' laser beams out of your eye or that you're molesting children Mm -hmm. but you're not allowed to say as a real person that that's not you she had to pay the lawyer's fees for that so how then do you say in a disaster movie like this where you are allowed to walk the line of what really happened and where the creative license comes in I don't know
1: it's the tough thing about the, these sort of movies too. There's a there's a thin line to rewrite. it. I think that maybe the distinction should be inspired by true events or based on true events, but they'll. But go you back look
0: and, at look at Fargo. Mm-hmm. Fargo says they just that, lied. It's not even close. That
1: was the to, Coen Brothers just plainly, nakedly lying. Yeah. And, uh, but I love the Coen Brothers. <laughs> like yeah, I love Fargo. But um, still, yeah, I think that you. You really have to honor the reality of the situation if you're going to do that and like they shot it where it happened And that's the real tragedy of this one is that they really wanted to do well I think they meant to do well and here's something here's a left-handed compliment that I'll give a perfect storm I don't know why I think I'd read an article about the production I was kind of psyched to see it when it was coming out and the first time I saw it in the theaters I was kind of wowed by the spectacle of it Mm -hmm. It was when I saw it again on home video that, like, not only did the flaws come out, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I was, uh, uh, that's happened to me before. (laughs) Titanic. That, uh, for, if a movie is well enough made, sometimes the spectacle will wash over me, Mm -hmm. especially in that first pass. But if all you have is spectacle, that will show. Yeah. And I think maybe Wolfgang Peterson imagined he was making another classic. Like, he made That Spook, which is a legit classic. And uh, sadly, sadly, no. As dumb as Outbreak is, and it's not as well-attentioned as Outbreak is, it's twice the movie.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Perfect Storm, the dialogue was just, ah, it's something we have to do for for filler between action sequences. And they never really gave it the, the... the, the time it d- deserved you know
1: more than that make us like that crew god damn it yeah. even if they were actual dicks maybe they did research and two of the guys hated each other on the crew and maybe like they were really salty and you had to really get to know them to like them then your Hollywood fucking lie to us make us care because yeah. like I was not getting weepy at the end of this movie when these people died no, and I'm the long. movie was doing everything but putting a subtitle on the screen saying cry now cry now, yeah. Cry, yeah. now. Yeah. cry now I was sitting there with my hands folded and like and this is my third pass on it and every time I watch it I like it less <laughs> yeah I
0: saw this in theaters and I remember uh, thinking okay how would they even know that this actually happened I was not very impressed and then re-watching this here recently for the podcast I uh, I have to admit I was watching, but it's kind of just like it was on. So the, the action sequences were on in the background, and yeah. it's like whoosh, whoosh. Cooney's uh, got a welder, and he's got to cut the chain so that. Not, uh,
1: we are not emotionally invested. Not I jumped when the shark came up on the boat because I have a shark thing but that was like the, one of the more emotional responses that I had uh,
0: funny story apparently according to the internet uh, Wolfgang Peterson is a, a vegan or something or oh, a yeah. vegetarian and all of the fish were uh, rubber or uh, like they're all fake because okay. he didn't want to kill anything and there's like all those fish on the boat so he didn't hurt and PETA nope. couldn't say that this movie you know was no okay no fish
1: were hurt We're making a perfect storm That's one good thing. (laughs) That's one good thing. Good enough?
0: Yeah.
1: Good discussion, I enjoyed that. I mean, uh, like I say, disaster movies are not going to be around for a while. They just did this big uh, movie with Gerard Butler, the, what was it, the Eco Storm or the Mega Storm? Oh my Geostorm God, yes. Geostorm yeah. and it just took this huge shit they spent so much money on it and no yeah, it one gave bad. a shit so I think this genre is is, is like the western something that, that we're not going to be seeing a lot of you know and we'll have to enjoy the ones that come up
0: hopefully though the, the trade off for that though is a it'll create a need and a, and a void so that when something comes back it has like this nice resurgence in the, in the genre because there's nothing like a good disaster flick
1: yeah all right, well, with all of this in mind, what was your least favorite of these six humanity versus nature films? Okay,
0: so my, my least favorite, I don't think it'll come as much of a surprise, or maybe it will to you, I don't know. Um, my least favorite was Act of God. Okay, just a little, it was, bit, a little it, bit. It was because of the darn experimental guitar in it, <laughs> and it was just, it was a little too... It, full of itself, uh, I think, like we would said before, if I'd been at the you know, the premiere and all the hoity-toities were there and yeah. we're all going, Yeah, so I think that the, the, the author was thinking this. <laughs> then maybe the discussion would have been more enlightening more and, and uh, more of an experience to have the, the, the dialogue about it. But the actual, in and of itself, me watching it by myself, I wasn't left with any questions where I had to go talk to the world about my no. experience. And, and it just, it kind of fell flat for me. And... I'm a a, for myself. My own definition of a of a disaster flick is uh, is you know more more spectacle, more of the human side to this. And I didn't see the spectacle. It's it's great as a kind of documentary, I guess, but it's not a it's not a disaster movie for me under that definition. So that's kind of why it went to the bottom for me.
1: I get it. I mean, it's I I remember watching, thinking how. On the wrong day or the wrong person, this could really be like unbearable. It's also, and again, I I was more recommending about the movie than you were. It's 75 minutes long and it feels like it's two hours. Oh my God, my
0: note on here was, okay, act of God. So there was no give a thing. Just taking away of my time on this (laughs) one. Never again, exclamation mark. (laughs) Fair
1: enough, sixth place it is. Yep. I bet you I know your fifth though.
0: Oh, okay, so I don't know if you... Okay, my fifth is Outbreak. Oh, okay, I yeah. don't know your fifth. <laughs> my, my fifth is Outbreak, um, but oh, it's not a bad movie. I love Outbreak. It is still a fantastic, fun, nostalgic um, way for me to kind of tap into how I felt when I first watched it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I would recommend it to people, but in this, in this list for me, it was, uh, it it was number, uh, number five, just because, uh, it's maybe because I've seen it a few, a few times, you know, um, I would have put perfect storm in there. Um, but I, I just went, uh, there because it's. It's a little. It's cheesy. Cuba Gooding Jr. Watching it again becomes a little bit more comical mm. in, in some of his, you know, ineptitude of trying to tranquilize this monkey. The whole thing about Rene Russo. Not, why does Kevin Spacey have red hair? Mm-hmm. Like all these things. So it's kind of it's cheesy bad in a good way. But, but still uh, cheesy bad. It's still cheesy bad. But I still like it. But it's right. it's number five for me. yeah. Okay,
1: uh, then I know what your number four is. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I don't think you do because I, I keep it real here. And I, I kind of, I struggled with these. My number four is Sanctum. Okay. Only because um, it was there's no way that that's what really happened, right? Right. Like, with with Perfect Storm, they didn't... um, It's not like George Clooney started punching everybody and stabbing people and and turning into a villain, which is what they did on Sanctum, which was supposedly based on a true True story. But no, the reason I put uh, Sanctum lower is because they went way further off of Inspired by a True Story. They killed people that never died. It took place way... Like, everything that could have been kept real was changed and for that i felt it was like it's a fake news bunch of lies that why put the true story in there if they hadn't put that in there i would have put perfect storm under but i felt violated and that my 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 senses were lied to saying okay this is a real thing what would i have done nope it was just a hollywood thing where they created a cardboard cutout villain and that they did um they stretched the truth more than perfect storm did so i ranked it lower than perfect storm fair enough okay uh, so you, then you probably know what my number three is. I, I, I am no longer going to guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my number
0: three is Perfect Storm. Ah. Um, only because they, because of that truth thing, right? Like they, it, it's all special effects. It's, uh, it's, and it's got some decent actors into it. And I see what they're doing as far as they're trying to be a film like Impossible. It's still you know just a, you know hey here's some special effects. But I felt more lied to by sanctum with the true factor than i did with um uh with perfect storm and if i'm and for me if my my criteria are the spectacle of a disaster movie and and the the you know the oh what's going on there was more spectacle in perfect storm than there was in 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 sanctum so i gave it a little bit but as a movie it should be at the bottom of my list, you know? But as a disaster movie, if for me, my criteria are kind of, like I'm, I'm putting it in this kind
1: Technically, of... Technically, well, it's cheap, for sure.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of got more of the disaster spectacle, so that's why it ranked higher, but just as a movie in general, if the criteria were, hey, which of these movies, it would have ranked lower, yeah. you know? So, so, yeah, I got uh, that's where I placed that one. Well, I know what your top two are. Yes, you do. Okay, now this was really tough for me because I, with all of my fiber of my being, really want to put impossible as number one. Right, but I put it as number two um, because um, well because my number one is Twister. So <laughs> Twister, I'm a Saskatchewan guy who loves storms. I think they're awesome. I've watched that movie a million times and I can't help it's it's that classic old. You know, um, it's that romp. It's that spectacle. I don't take it too seriously. That's what, you know, uh, a good disaster movie for me can kind of do. Um, the Impossible for me, uh, it like, it was so close between one and two for me. And I know they're very different movies, <laughs> so different. The Impossible made me cry. It was so real. It was fantastic. But the storm chaser and, and nostalgic um, sentimentalist in me, put Twister up to number one, even though The Impossible is a better film, it is a better dramatic movie, it is a better experience, it is a more uh, thought-provoking, you know, real type of insight into real people that gives it the respect that this subject matter deserves. But If we're talking disaster movies and just kind of like, holy crap, this is cool, Twister won out for me, and so I gave Twister the, the number one. Well look, usually I, I, I'll
1: say when we go zero for six like we just did. Do we do zero for six again? Zero for six. That's two uh, times now. Like, yeah, we disagree but we don't like disagree. Because I feel like when we talked about all these movies that we, we agreed for the most part. But I have to admit that I am amazed that you think that Twister
0: is a better movie than The Impossible. But that's a, better, okay. a better disaster movie. As <laughs> okay. far as a film and an experience, impossible all day long. Right. But if this is like a, a disaster movie in my classic, kind of like Towering Inferno, Poseidon adventure kind of like cheese factor, Twister's up there, even though I know I put Outbreak lower and they should be on par, but that's just what I was feeling when I watched Twister.
1: Yeah. Bam. When I look at this list of movies and I ask myself if I have to watch them again, which is the one that I do not look forward to, which is the one I that it. I don't want to sit and watch again. It's knew, a perfect storm. I knew, I knew it. Yeah, It's a perfect storm. It's like the measure of its failure is large, like it, it is well-intentioned and well-executed technically as it is. It's, it does not do the job. At the end of the day, it does not connect emotionally. And without that emotional connection, no matter how good your special effects are, mm-hmm. I, I, am, I am not into it. And I want it to be. I really wanted to be. Um, but
0: there's no experimental guitar. There's no
1: experimental guitar. There's no I did put Act of God in fifth place. Okay. And I, I think that just from our review, you'll kind of know if it's your vibe or not. I think they're knocking on the door of some big themes that are worthy of exploration. But that's all they're doing. Yep. They're just knocking on the door. So, uh, I liked hearing the stories, but it, you have to do more of the work than the movie in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I had a hard time ranking it that high on the list. I think I liked it more than you did, but uh, I, I understand. You mm-hmm. just
0: hated Perfect
1: Storm more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, which brings us to Outbreak. And as much as I, it hurts to put Wolfgang Petersen both of his films in the bottom half of the list, because I do think he's technically a good director. I don't think he's like... Idiot. Uh, it doesn't know what it is as much as the other movies do like I say it starts real it ends very fake but it starts very real mm-hmm. and it ends very fake right? yeah, so, so yeah. The, the discordancy of it is unfortunate while it's happening it absolutely holds your attention it's an exciting adventure film it's not bad necessarily but it's in different company Sanctum maybe overperforms getting at third place. But I do think that the reality that is being presented within the cave, the isolated scenarios, like I said, him sucking out of those tiny pockets of water. And that scenario where that girl's hair gets caught in the chain. It almost reminded me of that sequence, that really great sequence at the beginning of the Stallone movie Cliffhanger, where this woman has an Uh accident on the rope, and it's like terrifying. Mm -hmm. Those isolated moments are strong enough that I think that Sanctum manages to elbow its way to third place. But I do have very serious issues with that, the, the script. Some of the words that come out of some of their mouths hurt my ears, and that's yeah. unfortunate. And that's not the accent. Yeah. That's just the And that's the screenplay problem, too. I think I was less connected to it because the reality was never questioned. I never really thought these were real people in a real scenario. Oh, that's the first
0: thing they say, and I yeah. was just like... And then as soon as I just got that sniff, I was like, nope. I can I forgive a few the things, but right not... Away. Yeah.
1: I smelled the screenplay right away. These aren't real people. These are, car- these are sketches, right? Yeah. So... uh it's maybe overperforming in third place, but I like there are isolated moments that are really strong too. So I'm at war with it. I want to like Sanctum more than I do. Okay, that's where I'm at.
0: You know what Sanctum needs? It needs to be like dubbed. Yeah. Like they need to give it like a mystery science theater yes. treatment, or like like put it some better dialogue in, so that it looks like it was a Swedish movie or have something. babble. Yeah, just like change everything and have and ch- change the, the basic dynamic. Adventure
1: story is pretty obvious. Like what they're trying to do is pretty self evident, seem to seem, So you might be able to get away with it. Okay, here's the thing about Twister. It is as dumb as a bag of hands. It it's totally like, is, and that's
0: why it's awesome.
1: It's completely stupid, but. I don't think it's an easy movie to make, okay? Like, I don't think it's easy to make a movie that is this transparently stupid, this entertaining. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, for that, big ups. I don't even know if I could honestly say that it's a good movie, but I can't not say that it's entertaining. Like every time I watch Twister again, I think this is the time where I'm going to admit to myself that this movie kind of sucks, and it doesn't happen. It it
0: <laughs> does kind of suck. Uh, well, it, it I think wasn't that one of their taglines too? Yeah. It, it's like something about it sucks or something because <laughs> the tornado. But um, no, it's a it's a from it's a guilty pleasure. I just I can't I can't help it. I want everybody
1: who's listening to this movie, this movie podcast to watch the impossible. Yeah. Even if you've already seen it, show it to somebody because my goodness, uh, it, was uh, the third time I watched it for the podcast and that fucking phone call still ripped yeah. my heart out yeah. every time. Like I can't believe that and McGregor didn't get recognized. I can't believe that this movie didn't get recognized. Uh, as far as hitting emotionally and bringing the spectacle in both the terrifying and in ways entertaining ways, I don't. I, I, not only do I think it's number one, I think it's number one and it's got a good several meter lead against the rest of the pack. Yeah. So well, and it's that's got land,
0: it's but. got the opposite of the perfect storm. You know, it's it perfect storm has all this kind of you know bravado and machismo and whatever, and all of that is stripped away, and you see a way more accurate, realistic interpretation of of people in The Impossible. And was it a
1: perfect storm, Colin? Was it? Because for me, it a perfect was... storm doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's that bit though where the weatherman is like uh or the meteorologist or something is is like obviously telegraphing to the audience what's happening mm-hmm. it's like well wait storm a is gonna meet storm b this is the perfect storm I was like, creating the oh supercell yeah. yeah and I was like it just geez. again
1: anytime they cut away from the boat it was a mistake and yet the stuff that was on the boat was frustrating me <laughs> yeah. so it had to be at the bottom uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really mean to admonish you. Everyone's allowed their own opinion, but I, I, I'm still a little shocked that Twister <laughs> made first place. Right? For, it's, it's, it's honestly,
0: it's my twenty-year-old self about to get pink eye, watching this on a, on a night where there was lightning as I'm leaving the movie theater, just going, "Yeah, that was super fun." Right. You know, um, I, I, I love obviously impossible, right. but for for like good old uh, um, shit-eating grin disaster movie vibe, which is what I usually try to get out of a disaster movie. Correct. Um, uh, that's why Twister took it. There's movies like Alive and other things that are are disasters as well that that go that more human drama route, and I love those too. But when uh, and I'm probably wrong to other people, but like uh, but my interpretation of disaster movie, the ones I love the most are the ones I don't take too seriously, and I can just be like, holy crap, that was fun, let's watch it again. Let's do it. Um, uh, Impossible, I will definitely watch that again. I, will, I, I've, I have recommended it to my friends, but it just didn't fit that. Uh, I was too nostalgic for, for Twister, and that's why it kind of bumped up for me. Very much. Thank you so much, Colin. For Thanks for having me. So this is zero for six. Zero for six, I two, two times now with you. Uh,
1: you say you do not like superheroes. Yeah, no. And you do not like zombies particularly? Oh I'm oh, fine. I'm all over zombies, man. Okay, well then I have a prize for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just one moment. One moment, I'm gonna pause this for a second, I'll grab it. Alright, I'm back. So you hate superheroes, you love zombies. Yeah. But this is zombies. not about agreement, this is about disagreement. So here is a collection of zombie superheroes. What? <laughs>
0: The what Marvel would, Zombies! What would happen... <laughs> That's bananas, what man. What would happen
1: if the Marvel Universe, all of the superheroes, got infected with a zombie virus?
0: Get out of town. Well, I might Now you give...
1: know. And if you really hate it, you can regift it. But it's <laughs> your problem now.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. I will definitely give them a go. We'll see. We'll see how these rank. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, uh... A double winner, loser, win-lose, nobody loses. In, on my in, in the ranking right loses. there's no losers.
0: <laughs> there's just uh, enlightened discussions.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yes, uh... This movie, these movies got me paired enough that I, I kept on thinking, you know, I should get those tablets that, 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 that you know, purify water and I should, uh, <laughs> I should consider having a storm shelter someday in someday. Start my... prepping, man.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Get, get the solar things where your phone can like get energy and like oh. you can recharge it from the sun.
1: Oh, the, the geostorm will take out all the satellites. If we're lucky. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Thank you. And so comes to an end another episode of Rank and Review. It got a little real for me. I don't know what happened. I was talking about the impossible, and I got like emotional. That movie really tapped into something for me. I, I'm still, I'm still standing here amazed that it wasn't number one for both of us. But uh, I think, I think my boys are just growing up, and uh, sooner or later I have to let them out into the muck of the world. And there's. A lot of filthy water and a lot of debris, and I can't always protect them, and I don't know. Either that or I'm having a nervous breakdown, or whatever. The real point of this episode was please check out The Impossible, and uh, please send feedback, or send, you know, medication, or whatever you think I need. (laughs) gmail.com. R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at at gmail.com I'm going to get my shit together, I'm going to pull pull everything together, I'm going to be okay, and uh, we're going to do this again in two weeks. Please check out the website at rankandreview.ca, and please tell a friend about the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this show.